I can't wait for us to literally get the YouTube channel up so people can watch us doing the Beavis and Butthead dance while that's playing. Because it'd all, be amazing. First of all, you speak when you're spoken to. You're speaking now, so I guess we're good. So I really can't wait until we get the YouTube channel up. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have a little ritual where we uh, dance to our own theme song because we're idiots, really, is the answer. So, um, yeah, welcome to episode 10 of the Lost Joystick Network. Is it uh, 9 or 10? It's 10. You sure? It was 8 or 9 last time. Okay, so this but is But this 10. is definitely 10. So that one was 8 slash 9? That is, well, it was it was 9. Okay. This is 10. Okay. It's one higher. Okay. Yeah. We did it. We made it. They said it couldn't be done. Double double digits. Double baby. digits. We've double done digits. It. Yep. So there we go. Um, yeah. So the the voice you hear uh, along with me, I, I should I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Michael Pitts. Uh, I am uh, the host. My co-host here, Jay. Say hello. Hello. And we have a special guest today. Do we? It's right here in the notes. How are you? Why are you surprised? It's right there. What's was, that say? I was hoping it was Pete Schwetty. You know, I was asking last time. <laughs> What's that say? Um, it actually says uh, our special guest is John Young. That is correct. Uh, also known as Retro Game Enthusiast on Instagram. And uh, let's, you know, let's introduce John. So uh, welcome, John. Hey, gents. How's it going? Good, good. So I do have some breaking news as well, though. So Jay is now off the show. John is on the show. Jay, you can leave. Yep, I'm out. All right. So John, going thanks. through the Jays. Yeah, the exactly. Start with Jerry. Went to Jason. Now I got a John. It could be worse. It could be like my brother who has. <laughs> I'm going to share too much personal information, but my brother has three sons, all with three different women named Jennifer. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's what are he's the got odds? A type. He's well, got, he's well got played, type. sir. Well played. He's got a type. Yeah, that's that's a very good way to put it. He's got a type. But yeah, so John uh, John joins us for the show. It's going to be a little bit less of a structured episode. So we really just a discussion with him and uh, getting to know him a little bit. Talk about uh, you know his favorite shoes and uh, those kinds of things. Have any of the episodes actually been structured since I've been on? I mean, the last one was supposed to be. I felt like eh. it was, but like, yeah, man, you know. Eh. People want to know what to expect. I'm pretty sure I should be taking medication. I'm, I, I still have refused. I've been to. saying that for 25 years. Oh, well, okay. So anyway, but that's not here or there. So yes, welcome, John. Happy to have you. And uh, I guess we should, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, I don't know, what do you want to talk about, John? How are you doing? It's your show now. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I tried to get you to talk about partial differential equations earlier, um, yeah. but I think video games is probably the way to go. I think we could start with video games, and if we get to probable differential equations, then, you know, we'll see what kind of time we got. I don't know. It's going to be a big day. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a time. You're, you're going to have a bunch of people writing in if you say probable. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. What is it's, it? It's fine. It's you, not, you, a, it's, you know, <laughs> the community's, it's, what's, you, what's the name of that Korean band everybody loves? Uh, BTS? I, yes, yes. The, the PDE fans are like the, uh, like those guys, except for, you know. On uh, Adderall, <laughs> you you say that people are going to write all. That's yeah, what that's I should be taking. Yeah, you say people are going to write in and be upset. That presumes that people listen. Okay. Hey, I was going to say if we that's, need to get if that's what it takes to get people to start writing in. Yeah. Then, then here we go. Probable. Yeah, probable. Par- probable. Par- it's partialable. <laughs> I just made the word up. That ought to piss them off even more. Anyway. Nice. So yeah. So right. welcome, John. Well, Glad to have you here. Um, John and I have gotten to know each other over the course of the last what, like nine months, year, year and a half. I don't even know how long it's been now. 
I feel like it was a pre-pandemic. Uh, uh, we we started to talk right around pandemic time, and then we never really met up. And of course, in the middle of a pandemic, like, hey, let's go meet this strange guy in a different town. <laughs> sounds like some. Sounds like the next Mad Max movie. It was. It was. Advisable. It was very similar. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, we've been. Uh, we you know, I just enjoy talking to him, and uh, he's got a lot of experience in uh, the hobby, and I thought it'd be good to, and fun to to bring him on. So. Um, we can go one of two ways. We can go into our weeks and collecting updates, or we can just kind of get to know you first. What do you want to do, John? I'm going to leave it up to you. Uh, yeah, let's, let's go the get to know me route. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I'll probably edit all this out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah so what does it say in the notes here? So the show topic this week is there is no topic. Duh. <laughs> That's perfect for Jay and his Adderall uh, lacking life. Works for me. Um, All right, we're out. Thanks so, for coming, Goat Flakes. Yeah, so I'm not very focused, so this is going to be great. Yeah, this is this is really. Oh, good. This is I don't John, I don't know if you've listened since I've been on John, but it's literally a train wreck since I've been on this thing. It's true. Everything, I've, I've listened a, to part of episode eight. Nine got posted just a couple hours before uh, we had this discussion, so yeah. uh, I haven't listened to that one. But first one sounded good. Hey, you said part of eight. I'm taking it. I'll take that as a win. Yeah, yeah that's as good as you're going to get. I would too. Did you make it past like the eight minute mark? Yeah, yeah no, uh, it was more of a. I was in the post office and I had to turn it off, and then uh, <laughs> I tried to get Discord to work, and then now we're here. Oh, all right. No, so let's talk a little bit about how you and I uh, got to know each other, right? So, I think it was. I remember. I actually remember the post vividly. I so I guess that would be about the time we got. I could go back and and uh, carbon date it. I guess. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I had, I had, I think I, I told the story on the, on the podcast before, but I had, a, I had a sealed copy of haunting ground three hunting ground P, for the PS three. It was sealed and I had got it just before the pandemic and it sat there and it became like, it was worth like two and a half times what I paid for it. So I went and put it on eBay and sold it. And I used that money from it to buy bonks adventure. For the NES, which is a game <laughs> I sold with the box in 1995 for 15 dollars, and there's a there's proof on the internet of that. <laughs> it sucks. Oof. It sucks. But anyway, so I had posted that on Instagram, and you know my piddly little Instagram with the hundred followers or whatever it was, and not much more now. And uh, I started. I got a message from John that was like, "Hey man, I'm getting a lot of like shots fired type." messages from some people in the community and i was like what the hell are you talking about like i had no idea what he was talking about so then you i think you took like a screen cap of my bio right Mm -hmm. and my bio was it was a play on a on a mitch hedberg joke where mitch hedberg says i don't want to be known as a boating enthusiast i just want to be known as a guy who likes to boat right so i had said i don't want to be known as a retro game enthusiast, I want to be known as a guy who likes retro games. And in fact, my my screen name was a guy who likes retro games, but that was entirely too long. So then I truncated it to like just the um, abbreviation. So like A L A G L W, whatever. It was impossible. So I was like, I got to come up with a name. So I just came up with platform agnostic. So people were like, I'm assuming they were saying, hey, this guy is taking a shot at you in his bio about you being because your screen name is retro game enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
So yeah, uh, it, it was all in good fun, although I could see how either of us could take it personal to where people are just like, hey man, this guy doesn't want to be known that's retro game enthusiast. Yeah, I was t- and, coming to take uh, the crown. I figured before <laughs> it gets too awkward that it was good for me to reach out to you just to be like, hey man, yeah. uh, I think this is hilarious. I like Mitch Hedberg. You it know, was fun. Uh, just want to kind of clear the air. And I think I followed you at that point. Yep. Um, and then that was the end of your but, life. Sorry. <laughs> Good. And that was the end of your life. Sorry, I've ruined it. No, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, what, what's funny is with my name. Originally, what I wanted is something that sounded a little pedantic, but also kind of like made it broad enough to where I didn't have to just focus on Nintendo or whatever else. Right. And I've since grown to actually kind of not like it because it still seems like when I was younger, it made sense to seem kind of you know snooty and that sort of thing grew up very poor so it was just kind of a cool thing to do and now that uh, i'm a little more middle class it's uh it actually sounds like i'm just trying to be like a, a jerk like oh i'm a retro game enthusiast so yeah so that's kind of how we met and then we just got friendly and and found that you know we we're kind of i don't know we kind of had similar personalities like a lot of the same stuff and then and then we find out oh yeah your nirvana bootlegs these are the nirvana bootlegs i have or oh yeah your birthday's july 13th my birthday's july 13th or what you know whatever it is so that's a little bit about how we met, and we've, uh, like I said, we, we've met up a couple times in Lansing. Uh, you know, I think you picked up a boxed Super Mario that one time, and I grabbed yeah. uh, RC Pro-Am 2 for the collection at one point, and yeah, we're always handing stuff off, no effects books or broken PVMs or whatever it is. Vanna White, yeah. uh, Wheel of Fortune featuring Man- Vanna White. So, yeah. yeah. Famicom stuff, the, yes. the, yep. the thing of the moment everybody loves right now. Yeah, it's a good thing I got that for me when I did. <laughs> you're not man, joking man i'm Prices not are going crazy I ne- but that's everything it's just crazy and like we actually have a stack of your famicom games sitting here yeah we sure do Ooh. I, I don't uh know yeah i'm gonna need those back are. yeah you'll get them back don't you worry <laughs> jay don't don't give them back okay don't do whoops it. i dropped them now, sorry they're sorry? not what? going to oh they're back. broke are the white ones all sunsoft is that what i read or heard uh no uh i don't in know. this case uh, there but sunsoft does have both white and black Okay. Uh, carts, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, all those are white. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's, right. uh, there's colors all over the place. I, I, it's much more entertaining looking. Although I do like the um, solidarity that is the uh, licensed NES set. I it, it, oh, it yeah. is it is it is a nice visual aesthetic that I appreciate. Um, anyway, so yeah, so let's I guess let's talk a little bit about how you got into collecting and 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 that kind of stuff. What 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 drove you to this madness? What Oof, drove you to this lowly state? <laughs> As Ralphie's so, dad said so eloquently, yes. Uh, that that's actually a pretty uh, tough. You know, I mean, when do we when do we really ever start collecting? Uh, I, I think it probably goes back to 1984. If you guys remember that far back, um, I do. I had an Atari 2600. Uh, my dad and I picked it up from St. Vincent de Paul. Had about 20 games with it. Uh, some were misses. I just assumed that I wasn't skilled enough or that I needed the manuals to be able to figure out how to play some of the games. Which but is games pretty- like, uh, I think, uh, Kerplunk you guys have mentioned. Not Kerplunk. Uh, Kaboom. 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 Thank you. Uh, that was one that I liked a lot. Yars Revenge is still an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, so good. And uh, that kind of, kind of solidified it inside of my head that I wanted to play video games. Yeah. And then when I got my Nintendo in 1986... My dad thought, well, the boy doesn't need the old one anymore. He's got the new one. Right. So he gave away my Atari 2600 to uh, 
Uh, ooh, Chad Rodriguez. So if he's listening, I want that back. And uh, ever since, you, I've Rodriguez. just been hoarding. Yeah. Um, and then when I got a serious job in like 2007, mm-hmm. uh, it picked back up. And displaying, oh my God, don't display if you don't want to start spending tons of money on video games. Yeah. Got some nice displays, though. It's looking good, man. You have some yeah. nice displays. Seems like it's coming together over there. It's it's a work in progress. I got a very uh, bright and organized uh, librarian wife that does a good job of giving me, you know, looks if it doesn't look great. Yeah, no, I can understand that. That's why I keep everything in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Amy's yeah. just like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, yep. I love the uh, Jay was just showing me a picture of some of the Famicom box games that you posted on Instagram, along with some of the. I like the little shadow boxes you've got with the uh, with the the carts. I think it's the is it the carts the bo- the boxes the boxes. So yeah, for my for my NES stuff, those are uh, boxed NES games, and then for Famicom, it's just the carts. Uh, I lucked into finding shadow boxes that were just the right size that uh, would fit Famicom games. Jay's eyes are bugging out of his head over here as he scrolls through your Instagram, I think. Is that right, Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I've i never really, like, I started following you when we started doing the pod together, and um, Mike had talked very highly of you and your collection, so I started looking around, and I haven't really dug through until we started talking now, and it's just like some of the stuff is blowing me away. And you do have really good taste, because I did scroll across the Super Metroid box, which looks gorgeous. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I, I've never been good at following trends, and I've always been good at missing the trends when they are uh, around. So uh, you're not going to see a lot of uh, Mario Brother 3 Left Bro sealed copies of stuff, but you will see a sticker you. seal Canadian Mario Brothers 3. You blew it. <laughs> uh, yeah, story of my life. I remember uh, collecting Magic the Gathering cards and then Pokemon coming out, also by Wizard of the Coast. And I'm like, oh, I should pick these up because obviously the first print will be worth money someday because people love Pokemon. Yep. And then I said, nah, I'm going to buy 90s grunge albums because that on, is where the money will be in the on future. CD. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so many CDs. Uh, Lords of Acid Special Edition. Yeah. Yeah. We've. I just actually wound up getting all of Jay's CDs. Jay yeah, wanted to I, get rid of them. I gave them to him for oh. ten bucks. I think I had four hundred and sixty-seven of he them. He did not give them to me for ten bucks. <laughs> you know, oh, you I was going to say that's. Listen, he had a lot of a good, generous friends. Jay, Jay's got Jay's got good taste in music too. So there's a lot of good stuff in there too. But tough luck there at my house now, buddy. Anyway, no. Um. So let's see here. We talked about the collecting beginnings. Um. I guess while can... you're talking, I do have a general question to ask because I am, I guess, insta stalking you right now. So, John, mm-hmm. what, what I notice you have a lot of box stuff, but I notice, and you made a comment about the shadow boxes where you have actual Nintendo cases, but you don't have Famicom. Is it just really hard to get Famicom boxes? Like, what's the story with that? Uh, so, uh, and this is, uh, probably a poor communication on my end. I do have a significant number of Famicom boxed games. I just don't have a shadow box that fits them well. And so many of those sizes are inconsistent. So for example, Namco has a really cool numbered system with some like color bar lines, but some of the boxes were slightly wider to be able to accommodate bigger manuals. And 
to try to do that inside of a shadow box without doing some push pins and just being right. a little careful about potentially damaging the box. In, in general, I think you'll find that like Japanese people took much better care of their stuff and that complete in box things are much more common over there than they are here, even from that era. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would get lots from Yahoo Auctions, which is like a, you know, eBay uh, set up uh, in Japan. And they would say junk, trash, whatever. And I get it. And like the corners are crisp. And, you know, yeah. like oh. the manual was lovingly placed underneath the plastic inserts so that it wouldn't bend. You're a and failure. Plastic wrap. You bent it's, that uh, corner. You failure. <laughs> yeah. So. It's it's been fun because pretty much anything that I get from Japan where they say it's junk, nah, it worked perfectly fine. Including Mike's uh, Famicom twin. Oh, nice. Well, it doesn't work now. It's junk right now, but <laughs> well, it was <laughs> my own fine fault. when I gave it to you. Yeah, no, it is fine. I, told you. I, I can't fine. attest to that. Developed. It was working the day it arrived at his house. It, it, first <laughs> of all, he was not there. Don't but listen to somebody him. Somebody couldn't leave it alone. I did not leave it. I needed to put a new belt on it. it did we not. play? Did we or did we not play Doki Doki Panic? That was not the day we it did. showed we up. We had a blast. I had already put a belt on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which he provided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those those belts are a pain, it's and a, the calibration is a bit of a, oh, a problem. That's why uh, it's I've not done. Into some decent repairs, but uh, yeah. I've since heard horror stories about it, trying to get them to work just right. No bueno. But that's all right. That's yeah. not your fault. I that's, don't think. Spoko. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. Tell expl- <laughs> so we, um, explain Spoko. Uh, Spoko's Polish for like cool. That means just cool. like yeah, it's that's cool. It's Spoko. That's gonna be the name of the episode. Spoko done. Well, that yes. or a guy who likes retro game. I, I like that better. <laughs> I think I think that's good. A Spoko guy who likes retro games. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah. So John John's wife is Polish. So, and Jay is just over there in La La Land looking at all of your stuff. Oh, what? I wasn't paying attention. I said John's wife is Polish. Oh, is she? That's okay. I'll be yeah. over here carrying the show. Don't I, worry. At least somebody is this time. Yeah, I had thanks. to last time. My back still hurt. Yeah, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> all right. So well, I, I had on here, we want to talk a little bit about the, the your some of the, your, we, we both, we all collect records, right? I'm a <clears throat> record collector. You obviously are. Jay has gotten back into it himself. We all have that collecting bug and we love music. So talk to me a little bit about some of your favorites, both the records you own and just albums that you like. Oof. See, that, that's a tough question. I, uh, my musical interests are pretty broad. I like catchy tunes, but, you know, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I could focus on one genre. One of my favorite bands of all time is Local H, band out of Chicago, Bound for the Floor, their uh, Keep It Copacetic song that everybody knows. If that's your reference of Local H, they've put out a ton of music since... Uh, since the late nineties, that's been, you know, better than the original stuff in my mind, but, yeah. uh, the quality has been kept up. I like that. You've got, you know, you gave us a little list here. I mm-hmm. like that you have in here me first and the gimme gimme's as well as punk and Drublick mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. A little no effects. Uh, you know, fat Mike is a uh, interesting dude, great musical talent. Uh, me first and the gimme gimme's, uh, can't remember what the, what's the lead singer of, uh, Isn't, what's his, anyway the, the guy's voice is amazing they do a bunch of covers yep uh singing japanese it's just a bunch of american punk dudes singing in japanese it's yep. amazing it's a classic um yeah. and then uh okay so i see let's let's say so i would assume pet sounds is your favorite beach boys record yeah would you easy what would you say is your favorite beatles record we'll see uh that's hard to say i would say let it be as good as just like a like contained album I would say some of my favorite songs are off of Rubber Soul, um, Abbey Road, 
Yeah, man, it's it's it honestly, and this is where favorite kind of becomes an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends on the mood that I'm in and kind of what's going on. And, you know, sometimes just even like it's just like the right pair of headphones, you know, yep. if you listen to the White Album, great headphone album. Uh, if you're just listening to something on a stereo with yeah. no good like surround sound, Rubber Soul is probably better. Yeah. OK. All right. What about okay? So let's see. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna pick two records that you put here. I'm gonna sure. ask you to pick between them. If you had to pick between Weezer's Pinkerton and Green Day's Dookie, which one would you choose? If you had to choose only one that you could listen to for the rest of your life, uh, ooh, for the rest of my life. So probably Dookie because it sets. It's 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 a universal record that a hundred years from now people will be able to listen to it and say I understand that it's a similar Pinkerton thing. yeah it's very much a, a thing of the time it's probably uh, people have said that it's the first emo record I don't know that's tough well that came out in what ninety five what's that Pinkerton ninety five sounds right yeah probably uh, right Blue album I think was ninety three it was ninety three it, yeah it was ninety I'm pretty sure it was ninety three and then into ninety four. Of course, I'm a Collective res- Souls, I'm a Blue Album, along guy. with Weezer's Blue Album and uh, Green Day Dookie, all within like the same like couple of months, right? Yeah, it's, it was a good time. And for Slayer's music. Diablo and Musica, I think, was around that time too. You heard me say Slayer. <laughs> all uh, right, I was a big fan. I saw Slayer with System of Down back in the day. It was a great show. Get out of here! That was actually the first time I ever saw System of a Down. I went to there's a lovely club in Detroit called Harpo's. I don't even think it's around anymore. It's no, a terrible club. Harpo's is gone. But uh, I saw one of my favorite bands, Clutch, yep. and yep, Slayer played together, and <laughs> System of a Down opened for them. I never knew who they were, and Surge came out with an afro, probably the size of a small car nowadays mm-hmm. and we're like who are these dudes it's a smart and they're actually really afro. good they they great have you, yeah good sorry great live show um slayer yes. did amazing the drummer who has since passed um was phenomenal uh i know jay's a drummer um but uh, system was down for a live show it, it, it definitely around that time i was starting to learn that certain bands are great on an album but are horrible live yeah, I, I um, System saw, of Down was, I would say, almost, I wouldn't say their albums are bad, but uh, live is just so much of a better experience. Yeah, it's, that's the, I saw Soundgarden live, and that's, you know, it was the opposite. Were they bad? They I never great. saw Soundgarden live. It was so. tough. You know, Chris Cornell has that, well, had that voice, right? So it's like sometimes you're you're expecting something, and he couldn't do it or wouldn't do it, and you're just like, all right, I get it, you know? But it, was, it wasn't bad. I'm just saying, like, sometimes you go back to listen to some live uh, Soundgarden recordings and it's like, hmm. Wasn't, wasn't Chris Cornell t- classically trained in... Uh, I believe like, that is uh, correct. Vocalist, vocalist? Yeah. I, believe yeah, I that think I correct. remember hearing him uh, sing some opera things. My wife had a, a similar issue with Modest Mouse. She saw them in concert and it was horrible. Yeah. I'm trying I to, had heard, not, I never saw this, them live, but Fall Out Boy, I heard is horrendous. Really? Live. Really? Oh, I haven't heard uh, that. Heard the lead horrendous. singer did a cover of Life on Mars that was really good. I Patrick think for Stump. Peel or something. Oh. Isn't that his name? Stump. Uh, I believe. I don't know. Because you got the one dude who's like the bass player, emo y guy that's like the face of the band. But then the actual lead singer is Pete Patrick, Wentz. Pete Wentz. Yes, that's right. But Patrick Stump, I believe, is the actual lead singer who's super talented. But yeah, anyway. 
I actually like Fall Out Boy quite a bit, and I, I believe Jay does too. So I, I don't mind them. I, I think they're uh, they're catchy. I don't know if I'd see them live though, but I guess apparently after this non recommendation, yes. So all right, let's let's uh, move on. And just on. for reference, Dookie and the Blue Album came out in the exact same year, both in '94. That was '94. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, Collective Souls uh, Blue Album. I don't know if that's what it was called, but that's what I remember. Soul, it was like. it, it's the one that says like Soul on it or something. It's the Blue Record. I think so. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I bought all three of those on cassette tape the same week. I might have a couple of those cassettes at the house. <laughs> I also nice. collect I'll cassettes. I'll need those back. Oh, yeah. No, no problem. I'll ship them to you. And next time I see in Lansing. Per our previous episode, if you know anybody that has stadium events, yeah. Collective Soul on cassette <laughs> is available. Uh, yeah. I know one person that might soon, uh, uh, but I know a couple of people, but not anybody that's selling. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in the uh, collecting update. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Don't worry. We're getting there, everybody. And by everybody, Sorry. I mean vegan. <laughs> Real quick, back to music. I yeah, do yeah. have a question for you guys. You sure, sure. You want. Please. But uh, I got a fun game I've been playing with friends. Can you name a band where all the original members are dead? <laughs> Harder to do than you would expect. All of the original members of, are dead. Yes. Let me, I, I have my one. I have to But think. I can't think of a second. I have to think about this. Do you want me to give me my one, or do you want to? No, no, I don't want to. I want to see if I guess your one. Let me ask. Let me ask this: Of your one, Hmm. is it a classic rock band? Is it a '90s alternative band? What? Give me, give me that information. I have to be careful because if I give you specifics, it'll be easy. No, then don't. Um, But it is a band uh, that uh, people of our generation do appreciate. And it's probably, it's older than our generation, but definitely I think our generation appreciated it the most. That's way too much detail. Man, now you got me thinking here. Is it Till Tuesday? Nope. That was a joke. Bigger. Bigger than Till Tuesday? They did cover a Tom Waits song. Oh, man. Give it to us. Give it to us. The Ramones. Oh, yep. Okay, fair. But yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like I've I've literally like the Yardbirds. They they're still yeah. The Yardbirds, yeah. Like uh, what's his name from uh, the Yardbirds? Is uh, uh, well, I can't think. Tell me the guy's name. Well, I can't think of his name. No, uh, it's not Peter Frampton, is it? No, I'm horrible with these things. No, no. What about Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young? Crosby's still around, right? Is he still kicking? That's four guys. Is no anybody has I... this thing on? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody's nice. Jimmy Page is still alive. And yeah. Robert Plant. I don't know how. Keith Richards, Mick Jagger. How do these people live to be 100 years old? Uh, Jimmy money, Page and uh, John Paul Jones Money are still and alive. women constantly coming at you. Have you ever heard John Mulaney's comment about uh, uh, Mick Jagger? No. Uh, he pretty much said, like, uh, people always ask him, are famous people nice? And he's like, no, they're not nice. Uh, he's like, well, or maybe they are. They're nice for them. If for 50 years you have screaming, adoring fans every weekend yelling out your name, you yeah. don't knock on the wall of a conference room and say, uh, excuse me, uh, can I come in? You barge in. You like, I'm Mick in. Jagger. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Well, are you going to kick me out of here? I'm Mick Jagger. Everybody's <laughs> here because of me. They're going to stay because of me. Anyway, so. all right. All right, so let's move on. We talked about music for 45 minutes here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's talk about, you know, you and I do a lot of wheeling, dealing, a lot of trading, mm-hmm. uh, selling, buying. Like, it's constant for us. It's just a sickness. Tell me tell me what's the, the fussiest thing that you currently have for sale or trade. 
Oof. Uh, that's a hard one. So I do potentially have more stuff for trade than I'm really willing to say about right now. I was going to say certain things. If I bring it out, then people all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, I want to buy that. And I get messages constantly. It's a, uh, it's a seller's market a right now. <laughs> What's that? It, it's a seller's market right now, unlike any other time ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, unprecedented. I think that's what the people are saying. Indeed. I got a, a 64 DD um, in like eight games that I'm thinking about letting go. I loved the concept of the 64 DD and the promise from when the Nintendo 64 originally came out. They're like, hey, later this year, we're going to release this disk drive. You're going to be able to chop down a tree. And then, you know, days later, it's going to regrow and Earthbound 64. Everything was exciting. Explain for those uh, that are not educated in the subject what the 64 DD is. He's translating that to explain it to me because I have no idea. Yeah. So for the Nintendo 64, everybody's favorite console, they had a uh, add-on uh, where essentially the 64 sat on top of it and it took what looked like uh, zip, dri- zip disks, right? You know, like a 100 megabyte, you know, floppy disks. Basically the same uh, concept as the disk system, but with a larger disk. Yes, And 64-bit exactly. processing. Yeah. And so it got delayed and delayed and then got released through mail order. And then I think through, you know, I think in the U.S., I think you could maybe mail order it. Maybe it was just from Japan. Um, But essentially, the NES, sorry, the the U.S. version never came out in the U.S. You could only mail order from Japan. Maybe 10 games were released. Yep. And now there are only two people in the United States that have them. John and Metal Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and then also uh, hard for games, it's if you know true. those guys. It's not true. There's more than two. There's more so than three. Yeah. The question to kind of segue with that for me is, mm-hmm. uh, or my unintelligible fans out there, I have fans now. I really don't. I'm just saying that. It's true. He doesn't. With the with the DD with the uh, the 64 DD, the games that came out on disc, did they release those on cartridge in the U.S. then? No. Well, uh, so there is a uh, Doshin the Giant, which I may be mispronouncing that. Uh, that came out for the GameCube later on. There was four Mario Paint studios. So there was a video editor. Um, so each one had different. They were interactive. That was essentially a precursor for Miis. So the whole Mii creator was essentially that. And what else? There was SimCity, which is actually a decent game. An expansion pack for F-Zero, which is pretty much the reason to own one. Yeah. Um, which I think pretty much got... Uh, uh, packed in with the GameCube uh, F-Zero. That's the only intriguing part to me. I'm like, oh, man, because I'm not a huge F-Zero guy, but I like it. And uh, that, to me, that's the to, it's the thing that, other than the things that we would not be able to play, it's the thing I find the most interesting. Because F-Zero got- has this huge lore. There's There was a anime about it. There's all this backstory. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, it's just these four race cars. But no, there's so much more to it. It's ridiculous. The backstory of F-Zero, it's weird. Why does the F-Zero car in Mario Kart suck? I don't know. That's, sorry. That's, anyway, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I, I digress. John, go ahead. Yeah, finish here. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I was going with all this. I think I was explaining it, and I did yeah. a poor job. And then No, uh, you, did. No, you <laughs> did a great job. We're just really good at interrupting and <laughs> sidebarring yeah. literally everything. Yep. So, But, yeah, so you were saying that the, the you felt as if it was part of the F-Zero GX for GameCube. The, the, that, that, that was. Yeah, I think that those courses essentially got packed in with that. And uh, I don't know if there was the course editor on GameCube. 
Uh, but the course editor is a lot of fun once you kind of know how to maneuver around it. Yeah, it was cool because they were they were you were writable disks, right? So you would save right just like with when we played mm-hmm. Metroid on the disk system, you could save it right to the disk. You didn't yeah. have to have a password. It's the same with the DD, even though those were cartridges. You could have done it in a cartridge anyway, but whatever. Neither here nor there. And this is the kind of thing that everybody always like. Oh, Nintendo's so innovative. Uh, but what's funny is they just keep reiterating the same thing. So the Famicom disk system was going to come out in the U.S. And, you know, 64, Nintendo 64, the DD was going to come out in the U.S. You know, even the uh, DS system is kind of a throwback to some of their Game & Watch-like designs. Yep. The Power Glove is essentially the Wiimote. Nintendo reuses their ideas over and over again. And, uh, frankly, I love it. I totally never thought, <laughs> I honestly never thought about it with the yeah. Power Glove. I mean, that's, good, that's a good oh, analogy. Though. Yeah, it totally is. Hey, uh, there's a ton of other things I'm not thinking of right now, but Nintendo keeps trying stuff until they get it right. They have the money and, and the reuse. time. Because they have the money and the time. They, they, they can do whatever they want now. It's like when the, oh, yeah. it's like when the established artist is like, I'm going to do this freeform jazz record, and if nobody likes it, well, you can kiss my ass because I'm rich, bitch. You know? like, if, it's that kind of thing. It's like, well, go, you know what? I'll try again next time. Maybe the jazz record will be better and eventually be the best jazz record of all time. Like That's exactly their, their whole method. And the, you know, the, they're Nintendo. They they. They, they, they do put out good things, so I'm sorry. Breath of the Wild, I know that this is the Breath of the Wild podcast. If <laughs> Nintendo wants to wait another five to ten years to put out Breath of the Wild 2, I trust them. Uh, yeah, get it right. They'll get it right. People exactly. are like, I want it now, and I'm like, you don't want it now. You'll, it'll wind up yeah. like that. that uh, do you hear about that uh, Castlevania Dreamcast? <laughs> like the Dreamcast Castlevania build that they were doing? Oh, it's like, it's, it was no good. They're like, whatever. Yeah, anyway, I digress. All right, so yeah, very cool. Uh, so yeah, a little bit about the Nintendo 64 DD. Didn't uh, didn't expect that conversation today. I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. So, so what else? What else did you have, John? You ask. You ask. A, you ask a question. Well, I was just Jeff. sticking with that. I mean, we Oof. got to the 64. He doesn't want to talk about the rest of it. He said that. Gosh. I'm oh no, no. I'm like, uh, I'm like Barbara Walters. Uh, there's potentially some more Famicom box games. Uh, the Famicom box, which is all one word, so that Nintendo wouldn't be sued by Sharp is a, a hotel system for uh, Ryukins in Japan. It's kind of a, a special type of hotel. And uh, it's kind of like the M82, uh, like a display system, although it has its own proprietary lockout chip. And it uses what look like NES cartridges so that you wouldn't just use Famicom carts when to play you, games. When you were looking at that picture earlier, Jay, of the black cartridges with the yellow labels, those were the Famicom yeah. box games. Okay. Oh, so, you, yeah, and you had a picture of the the unit there as well. I it it's, mm-hmm. holds 15 games, I think, three three stacks of five. Is that right? That's correct. Three stacks of five. Yeah. Uh, even if you are able to go around the lockout chip, there's a very talented gentleman known as Kevtris, yeah. who is kind of like the brain behind the uh, analog NT Mini or yeah. you know, yep. any of those. Uh, like Framester, I think, also. Yep. He's actually uh, worked around the lockout, but there's uh, there's something missing from the Famicom box where it won't play certain games. So essentially yeah. later Nintendo games just won't play inside of it. But yeah, there's like 50 of us in the U.S. that care about this. And I would say about half of them are people that I've pushed into enjoying the system. And then, yeah, uh, there's, there's games that have sold for hundreds of dollars that will, uh, like uh, Rockman, which is uh, Mega Man in Japan, and then uh, Ninja Ryukin, which is uh, Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden. Gaiden. 
Yeah. Uh, I've seen those sell for kind of extreme prices. Uh, I got a, uh, a full system with Mike Tyson's punch out, which I've only seen a couple of times go up for sale, which is surprising because like two of them were within the same month. And I've been tracking this for years. I bought a system for about three times what just the single cart went for. Um, and that system also had uh, fighting golf, which I was actually really excited about. Rockman, and then a couple other games I can't think of off the top of my head. Is but, Fighting Golf uh, the Bandai FDS game that has, is that the one I, I thought was the the most amazing cover of all the time with the barefoot golfer and like the devil guy and the, the evil ninja guy in the background? Is that that one? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, you're thinking of, uh, oh, what's that called? Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Tournament Golf Bandai something, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of that, the Famicom disc game. It's an amazing cover. Uh, no. no. Fighting golf, it's like Lee Trevino's oh, fighting golf. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know you have a copy. Yes, I, I do. It's <laughs> it's not a great game, um, although some people love it. But I've seen that show up over a Famicom box, which has, you know, maybe 50 games. I've seen that show up once before. And it's, you know, of the 50 of us that actually collect for the system, we all want a complete set. And it's... Oof, it's it's tough. Yeah, you'll see like uh, on Yahoo auctions, like ten people watching it, and I can almost like for some yeah. of them, I'm like, I think I know who these people. I know are. who all ten of them are. <laughs> <laughs> which which Damn is great you, Tyler. because some of them don't speak English, so it'd be yeah. fun to just kind of like go back and forth. So I guess we should use that as fodder for our next question. Talk to I me like a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It just That's fine. it just parlays itself right in so perfectly. Let's talk a little bit about some of your collecting regrets. Uh, so uh, I don't know if this is uh, where you were originally going with this question. It wasn't, uh, but I know where no. you're going to go with this. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I was really excited because I picked up this Famicom box. I got it for a great deal. I was going to pull out the six games that I needed and then sell off the system with a coin mech and uh, everything. And, you know, throw in an extra game so it has 10 because I have a couple duplicates sitting around. And uh, essentially get my money back. So get these six games for free that I thought I was going to have to pay over $1,000 for. And decided to plug it in uh, into a power strip. And then immediately smelled something. uh, Unplugged right away. And uh, essentially the Famicom box, unbeknownst to me, does not have a, uh, a failure point. There's no, it just it's not lets fused. the excess electricity go through the whole so, thing. So probably what happened is a resistor went bad or a transistor went open and that voltage went straight to some cartridges instead of, like if if, if it was fused and the power supply wasn't right, it would blow the fuse. That's the whole point of a fuse, right? Fuse is a safety yeah. pr- pr- mechanism to say, there's too much voltage. I can only deal with 12 volts or two, 250 volts, whatever it is, and it will blow it. There was no mm-hmm. fuse. So then it goes to nope. that's that's why things that's where you get the magic smoke from. So yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So the a few things burned and up. Mike Tyson's punch out. Literally, the character chip melted through the uh, the cart, so you can actually see melted plastic on the top of the cart. I was able to open it up before it had re-solidified. And actually, Sean Tendo sixty four, one of the best uh, repro guys that I know is willing to actually take a look at them and, and adjust. But 
you got to be careful with these Famicom box games. The the lockout chip isn't even mapped to the same pins as what a North American NES is uh, mapped to. So it makes it um, more difficult to create a repro or fix or figure out what the hell is going on. Yes, right. So, so that basically, was, uh, somebody that was one could of those be. Where oh, I go, literally go saw over a thousand dollars go up in smoke in front of my face, and oh. I had a Famicom box, perfectly fine, working, sitting right next to this one that I could have taken the games out of and put into. I could have put it inside of my NT Mini. I could have put it inside of a top loader NES. All of which I have within like arm's length. And I was just like, nope, I'm excited. I want to plug it in now. Right, so like this speaks to because I do audio restoration, right? And and everybody nowadays that like I see these people that get on Facebook and they're like ah, I have this receiver it works I plugged it in and I'm like <laughs> you're taking a forty year old piece of electronic equipment you're plugging it into the wall and turning it on they have what's called a dim bulb tester or you know like you can get a variac like a variable transformer but a dim bulb mm-hmm. tester is something that you would I would take like a stereo and I would plug it in and then the light bulb is the inline resistor so it burns off whatever energy so basically if you have like say you take an old uh, stereo and you plug it into a dim bulb tester you turn it on there's that big inrush of current to fill the caps and everything and then you'll see this light bulb get very bright and then it will slowly dissipate to like almost a, a very dull glow if there's a short where all that energy is getting you know going it goes to the light bulb in this case it wasn't going to the light bulb it was going straight to old Mike uh, Tyson which is yes. just, I'm, I was heartbroken. I hate to make you talk about it. It was not the intent of the question, but it is, a, it is, a, it is truly applicable to the uh, regret <laughs> question. No, I, I know better. I legitimately, I was talking to another guy that's trying to reverse engineer the lockout chip, and he fried his system like a month before, and he told me, oh, I got this you know, voltage drop-down thing, because Japan's on 100 versus 110. I 120. I can't remember if... Sorry? Oh, 120. It's, yeah, you. it's a drop-down transformer. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I think that there may be a difference in direct versus alternating current, but uh, I'm out, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Whatever. But thankfully, Rockman, Ninja Gaiden, uh, most of the other cards were fine. Mike Tyson's took a beating. Fighting Golf took a beating. Um, but I'm going to send those off to Shantendo. Uh He's been very gracious and willing. Uh, I also know that if he is unable to fix them. He did his best. Yep. And I'm also being very careful. I do not, uh, I will make sure that this is obvious that they're being modified because who knows what these could be worth into the future. Some of these are actually being sold at heritage auction. I think, uh, yep, I Mario it. brothers and I super saw. Mario brothers both sold on heritage auction. For Everything's getting sold there. 10. now, though. What's that? Everything's getting sold there now. Yeah. Uh, I think these were like 6.0 graded ones that were selling for, I think, a couple hundred bucks yeah. each. And it's literally, for Super Mario Brothers, uh, any of the common 10, uh, relatively common 10, I would say are worth about 50 bucks. Including um, my copy of Baseball. Oh, yeah. Baseball is a good one. Which I can play in a top loader because a top loader does not have a lockout chip. Exactly. And also, if you've ever cracked open a Nintendo and cut, I think, what is it, pin four on the uh, the Nest 10 chip, the actual lockout chip, you can disable it like that, too, and play it in a toaster. Nice. Good. nice so you're you're nice telling me I should do that for pick. all my games. Yeah, absolutely. You should just plug them in there and hope they don't just set on fire. Not as cool as a toothpick in the PlayStation. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> or a sucker I, stick. Yeah. I've not told Mike this. Uh, I did, uh, so there's a guy that is... Um, 
I, I sent him that broken system. Uh, he did test it. He said it was putting out 17 volts, uh, which is a little bit more than the uh, NES carts would prefer. Yeah. Um, but he is actually going to use it as parts in his uh, work to reverse engineer the lockout chip. So knock on wood, the 50 people that collect these may be able to have homebrew games. Something good may come out of it. You could stick in 15 homebrew games into your Famicom <laughs> box. <laughs> but all the same game. It's going to be all like, uh, was the Chumley game? Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah, I don't even. Kung I, Fu. Yeah, the, uh, Spartan X. Yeah, the, the Chumley from Pawn Stars. That and uh, Jay and Silent Bob's uh, Mall Brawl. Oh, good oh. Lord. Yeah. No. I heard no. that one wasn't too bad. I heard that it wasn't Nivea. too good either. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. That, that was a sad story. So we'll end on that. It was very nice talking to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, what else? You got other. You have to have other things that you like. I have yeah. my like. I I I bought a sealed copy of Final Fantasy at KB Toys, and I kept it for ten years, and then I sold it for almost nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my the 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 stupidity of going back to the old Usenet archive and digging up what I sold my Turbo Graphics and boxed rare NES games for in nineteen ninety five. Nah, nah, I would not recommend it. Those are those are the to, to say regret is to say okay, well my life might be different if I still had those or would have gone down that path. So I can't say I regret it, but I certainly am not happy to look at it. <laughs> and I, I know you, I told you this before, but when you bring up that story about Final Fantasy, I automatically smell that KB Toys yeah. bin discount area. Yep. And it's it's just they smell my brain will never forget. Like yep. my dying breath will be burnt toast and KB Toys like yep. bargain bin you know box. That's, you're not much of a gambler, I think, but you go to like if you go into a casino, they all have their own distinct smells. Like when you walk in now. They they associate they want you to associate a smell with their casino. So like, I know what it smells like when I walk into <laughs> Treasure Island. It's like this florally smell. Okay. And if I ever hear smell it, it like triggers this response in your brain to go, "Hey, I need to get back to Treasure Island." I, you know, like it's just this association that you make. Oh, I thought you were going to say different sense of urine and bad whiskey. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's if, a lot. Have you been to Four on. Winds in uh, <laughs> South Bend? I don't remember a specific smell other than cigarette smoke. But mm, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. Oh, it smells like Paul Malls. I think I need to get to I, the casino. I said, <laughs> I said when Paul you Malls. first walk in, not when you sit down at the one five stud table. Okay, <laughs> is that same uh, menthol? The three dollar craps table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are those collect are, uh, menthols? That's what you should start collecting. They're going to get rid of those. Things. Yeah, yeah. Are those Newport non menthols? Where do you find those? <laughs> like <laughs> the brown pack? What is? How does that? Is, why does that still exist? No. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. in uh, Wolf outside of uh, Kiev. Exactly. <laughs> All uh, right. So give sorry. me give me another one. Let's let's do one more like a regret that you have. I think you you have a few here. Yeah. So maybe uh, I want to say five years ago, I bought a ton of sealed Super Nintendo stuff, and I was like, I'm not a sealed guy. So I sold most of those off for pennies on the dollar for what they're worth now. You dumb um, bastard. The, the one I regret, I did want to give up, but the guy I really wanted was Shaq Fu. Perfect. Oh. And I was like, my my go-to joke was always that it's worth less if it's sealed because you know nobody had to play it. That's true. It's true. And you know what's funny now, though? Like, I have a, I have a copy of Shaq Fu as well, but I would say hmm. that, like, if there was one game I would like, like a cheap game that I would like to see get graded, that I would love to have that one just on the shelf, and they'd be like, why do you have Shaq Fu? I'd be like, because Shaq. Like, why? Yeah, it. It's like why it's a I want to be. Some, piece. I want to be with some butthead game that's like I don't even, like 
and I know you're probably you're kind of in the same boat I am. Like I don't, I'm not a huge graded game guy. Okay, it's not my thing. People collect them; it's their thing, whatever. For me, the reason I would have them is like that Mike Tyson's punch out I have that's complete in box that I got graded mm-hmm. that I'm waiting to get back. That is a testament to my youthful triumph. That's what it is. Like putting it in that. Mm-hmm. Like I have three other copies I can play. Who cares? Right. It, it to me, it's it is this cool, fun conversation piece. It's like a, a movie poster. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing when you look at it. And you know, I'm never gonna pull it out of the box and play that one. Who cares? You know, people want to argue about grading games and this kind of stuff. And I get where they're coming from. I do. Like you, you lose the utility if you you grade a, a sports card. What have you done? You know, you've put some plastic around a thing that you couldn't really do anything with anyway. You put a game in case it in acrylic. You can't play it anymore. So you know, I understand where they're coming from. But then you know. If it's something like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, there's plenty of options not only to play it in its original state, but any any other myriads of ways to do it. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. It's, if you have a prototype that you have, you know, uh, put in acrylic and it's not, I think WADA actually dumps the ROM for you, and yep. then you know we'll give you the ROM. But when it's like, I mean, especially if there's a proprietary chip involved, you're not getting the real experience, right? So, right. Uh, Castlevania Three for Famicom. You just can't get that audio sound unless you're playing on a legitimate cart. Yep. Um, it's true. And uh, I can go both ways with it. Uh, Joan Bone was very kind to sell me a sealed Trog. He and I both have a weird <laughs> trog. love of that game. Who doesn't love uh, Trog? I have a beautiful complete in box copy. And he's like, yep, uh, have these up for sale. It was a good price. So I picked it up. And that's kind of fun for me. But yeah, Wanda Gamelon sealed. I'm sure that's going to be something that I'm going to use for my retirement. But, oh uh, yeah, sure. Another game that's actually uh, more expensive if it's open. If it's open, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let me ask you this. We'll move on to the next subject. What are you doing right now to further your collecting goals? Uh, <laughs> that's a good that, question. I I quit that's my not job. A good question. That's uh, good. To, that will help. <laughs> yeah, that always. Yeah, because helps. I can spend all my time collecting. No, no, no. I'm I'm transitioning from uh, the uh, from one field to another. So. Uh, uh honestly i'm trying to get a little more focused um because there's enough stuff that i'm afraid that may not be uh within my financial means so i'm I'm kind of playing around with that i'm still not selling for my collection for the most part but i am i'm, I'm sitting on a ton of duplicate things that i should probably get rid of um just to essentially finance my new career but then also to just get it off the shelves because you know uh, who needs a couple hundred extra NES carts uh, that you may take to a show in Chicago in July? But what do you, you know, what are they? I'll take them. I was going to say probably the guy across from me right now. <laughs> it depends uh, on what's in there. I no. think you have all of them already. Yeah, yeah. He'd still probably take them. I would take them. No, anyway. Uh, it's I actually just you know I just said I I actually got a, rid of a great deal of my uh, duplicates and. Uh, Etc. So we'll talk about that in the collecting section. But um, can we pry, John? If if not, yeah. if it's a to be determined right now. So you said you uh, you just left your your job or career. What uh, what do you got on the horizon? So uh, yeah, uh, no, it's not prying. Uh, it's not interesting. Uh, at least the what I was leaving. So I was a pension actuary um, and uh, consultant uh, for. Uh, Companies define benefit plans. Uh, so that's the interesting part of the conversation. Literally every uh, person I've, that was listening just, st- they were like, what else do I have on my podcast? They all just passed out. <laughs> they're, they're all <laughs> yeah. snoring. Yeah, I'm, I, I fell asleep myself for a minute there. What was that? <laughs> a, a pension actuary? Is that what I heard? 
Yeah, essentially what I do is I make sure that their liabilities match up to their assets and I assign value to risk, you know, whatever. I was punk rock in college. Mathematics is cool. Why would you apply it to anything? And then it turns out application pays well. To manage risk, you must understand risk. (laughs) Clearly that wasn't that fun. So so where are we Uh, we looking now? It surprisingly actually was fun. I did enjoy things. Uh, They sent me to Cracker Poland to be able to do a little bit of work. uh, I thought you were going to say Cracker Barrel. You know, it was it was the kind of thing that was fun because my wife was uh, living here in the U.S. as a uh, Polish uh, immigrant and I was living in Poland as an American immigrant. Uh, And then, you know, we're trying to sync up. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, enough about that job. So I'm quitting that and I've decided to open a pizza restaurant in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I actually am waiting for my lawyer to, uh, take a look at the lease and say that it's okay. And once he does, I sign the lease and we start up that whole thing. Dude, when you open, we're literally going to do a live podcast. We're coming to be the first customer. Well, I guess I should ask that. He might be like, I don't want either one of you there. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, Jay, you Uh, can come. You guys are more than welcome. (laughs) Uh, a, A friend of mine here does have uh, decent podcast equipment. So even if you wanted to just. Oh, I got the roadcaster. I'm good. I'm just right. kidding. I'm get just your mobile kidding. Set. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, that is a, I, very uh, gracious for you to offer that your, your friend's stuff for our use. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't mind. Very cool. All right. And so let's see here. Well, while Mike's saying let's see here, do you guys have, and I know you said you're still dealing with the attorney stuff. I'm interested in pizza, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys have, I it. mean, do you have an ETA right now of when you plan to start, like, at, so, like open the doors or? Take control of the building. I was supposed to take control May 1st. And then uh, I have the pizza oven picked out. Um, I have a lot of the different uh, equipment picked out. Uh, Ideally, I would love to have a soft open in July um, with a hard open late July or early August. Uh, But that really depends on the inspections and the okay from the fire department and the health department and that sort of thing. All right. Fort Wayne, July or August. I'll send you you a link to the location. It's pretty cool. Sweet. I can't wait. It's and only I got about pizza a... down. People are really enjoying it. I've been giving out a lot of free pizzas lately. That's great. So why aren't we going down there right now? We are. Like right now. He said he's giving away free pizzas. <laughs> I don't I just found out about this too. I don't know. Good lord, man. I thought you oh I thought you prepped for this episode. I I <laughs> you you know I don't prep for anything. <laughs> it's only about a mile away from the uh, record shop down there that I go to. Ooh, do oh, oh yeah. Neat, neat, neat. That's the one. Oh. He knows. He, we live yeah. there. Um, okay, so last last real just like nerdy collecting question. You and I were talking about a subject that I thought was interesting, and I, I kind of have my own policies, and, and ours are, are very similar. But we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about when you trade or sell something to your friend. And Jay looks at me right now with this sad, bitter face of the records lost in pasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not doing that. But we talked a little bit about when you when you let's say I have something that Jay wants, right? And mm-hmm. I sell it to Jay, you know, and I, I'm going to try, I'm going to give Jay a good deal, right? Or you or whoever, right? Like, uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, like, like that kind of thing. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you think about what that's like. What, what do you, what are your expectations? Like, let's say you sold me something. I don't know. Let, let's say you have, like, I'm going to use a completely hypothetical. Okay. I need power blade too for the set. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a copy of Power Blade 2 and you hook me up with like a nice price on Power Blade 2. What are your expectations from me as our as friends? What would you what would you expect? What's what's your standing policy? 
So, uh, and, and that's just it. Like, there's no, like, spoken rules here. And it, it's, uh, the video game community is actually a pretty cool community. Uh, you know, uh, Nintendo Age had some kind of characters, we'll put it that way. But, uh, like, for the most part, like, everybody's real friendly, willing to help people out. I've literally had discussions with individuals where they're like, I have no idea what this is worth, but it's very rare. You don't know how much that's worth, but it's really rare. You want to just do, like, a, like an even trade. And I think that I think that the bare minimum that you have to do in that scenario is to let somebody know, like, hey, I know you just sold this to me. Somebody else has like a great deal on something. I want to trade it with them or, uh, hey, I just need the cash. so I'm going to sell it, you know, something like that. And I think it's kind of customary that if you're selling it within, let's say, three months to kind of like offer them a little bit of cash to say like, hey, little Samson's worth more than 10 bucks now. Um, a little bit. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Maybe I can share some of this with you. Did you did you it's, see the one that just sold for twenty nine hundred dollars on eBay? Twenty nine hundred US dollars. Twenty nine hundred US dollars in bids, bidded up to twenty nine hundred dollars. Is that complete in box? Please tell me that's complete. That in box. is a loose cartridge, and another one sold as a buy it now for twenty five hundred dollars. Man, I don't need to know that. I just bought. <laughs> I bought my copy a couple years ago for five hundred plus a, a busted manual for an extra fifty. So if anybody's looking, John's got a copy of Little Samson <laughs> on five fifty. Starting bid is at uh, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes, uh, it, makes yeah. it look what a I just paid. Well, it makes it look how what I just paid look pretty good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I bought my original copy in two thousand two for ten bucks from Orbit Music in South Bend, Indiana, and gangster. Uh, uh, I felt like I was getting a bit of a jip. And then when somebody said, hey, do you have Little Nemo? That is worth a bunch of money now. I said, Little Nemo? The Dream Master? And I'm like, really? yeah, I have a copy of that. And they're like, oh, no, not that one. I mean Little Samson. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that one too. Well, that uh, was had the Orbit sticker on the back. It was great. And then I sold it to somebody else. You clown. No, I. it's funny you say that about the whole, like, okay, I'm getting this great deal because of this thing I have. It, that actually happened to me, you know, I, to, to, to answer my own question, if I may mm-hmm. be so bold. Um, I had a friend here. It, it, at the time, it was, we weren't necessarily friends at this point. We were more like business associates, right? Like colleagues. Mm-hmm. He was a retro game guy. I was a retro game guy. I was just getting into it. He was just kind of getting into it. He's younger than me. He's a very um, intense personality at times. He had a hookup with somebody who had PVMs. So they had... He had access to some Sony like twenty inch PVMs and a um, what is the brand that you have? Ikejima. Yeah, it was one of those as well. And he wound up selling me two for what he paid for them, which was a hundred bucks a piece. And this was two years ago. And I mean, it was it was one of those things like okay, you could still find them for that. And now, of course, they've exploded and become this huge commodity and expensive. So I had it for probably a year, and. Uh, if you go back and look at my Instagram account, I traded it to a guy who found me on Marketplace. I was selling a Commodore 64 with a monitor and a whole bunch of like licensed games. They weren't in the box, but they were all the, the floppies and like all your accessories, everything fun, right? And the guy goes, do you have any other like CRTs or anything like that? And I said, I have this 20-inch Sony PVM. I had two of the exact same one. I actually tried to sell it at a vintage game show uh, that year. And nobody bought it for three hundred bucks. Those dumb idiots, <laughs> um, because now now it's like eight hundred to a thousand if you can find one. Yeah. And uh, so I said, well, I have this twenty inch PVM. You know, I don't really use it. Was down here at my space downtown. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really need it. I have one exactly like it. It'd be cool to have two, but whatever. 
So he's like, yeah. And he offered me a ridiculous trade. Like if you go look in one of the very earliest photos on Instagram of my account, you'll see this, this collection that I got. There's like Sega CD, there's boxed, uh, there's boxed Game Boy Advance games. There's just, you name it. It's, it was a huge value, right? So I'm like, I got to take this deal, you know? And I wasn't really thinking about it. Cause like I said, at the time, the person I got it from was, we were nice to each other, but it was really like a, a businessy type relationship. And he got, you know, he found out I had sold it even another six months after that. Yeah, Jay's pulling up the picture. There's a box master system in there. It was all kinds of stuff. The guy was a collector Oof. who I'm I'm still friends with. His name is Dan. Good guy. Um, but uh, but it's man, the last it, name like good guy. It's got to be. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's he, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, this guy's got to be a good guy. And he and then he tried to stab me. No, uh, so <laughs> with a spoon. Ooh, that took a dark turn. <laughs> hey, everything seems to be around here lately. I he came back to me months later and was like, hey, you know, I might want to get that PVM. I'm going to do this arcade setup. And he's always going, 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 like selling this to buy that. Selling. He actually just got a 20, what is it, a 20L5 not too long ago. So he's constantly like doing this, doing that, doing this. And I was like, dude, I got rid of that. I, you know, I had a guy offer me something I could. Yeah, I can't believe you. Know, he, he really resented me for it for a while. And I explained to him, I was like, look, if I sell you something, okay. I remember what brought it up was, he was selling like Xeno Gears on PS1. And he sold all of, he sold all the poor guy sold all of his PS1 games just before they exploded in price, including selling Xeno Gears to me, which you know it didn't hasn't gone up that substantially, but I think I paid him 80 bucks for it, which was a friend price at the time. And um and uh he was really upset about it. He was like he was selling some, you know, I was he's like, I you know, I, I I'm not gonna give you uh you know friend price because you did this and that and with the PVM, and I'm like, that was like First of all, you and I never discussed. Like, I don't ask you what you do with the things that I sell you at friend price. I don't care. Like, I'm not worried about it. Like, I give you a good deal because you seem like a good guy and you, you know, uh, whatever. You know, it, it was just one of those things where it was like, if we were closer or we had talked about it, mm-hmm. that's one thing. If we defined before, like, hey, if you want to get rid of that, let me give me the first right of refusal. That'd have been fine. Right? I guess but that was the thing I was going to bring up with that is so Mike and I actually did. Between, and I'm sure, you know, listening to the pod, Mike and and John, you know him, so I'm just, I guess Mm -hmm. there's more for the people out there, but, you know, Mike's a big fan of collecting sports cards, and I had an old uh, Larry Bird Magic Johnson rookie card. Not in the greatest of condition, but it's it's in good condition. But he had some records uh, at the drive-in, and I mean, we're not going to throw dollar amounts out there, but... um, we, We decided to trade, and he gave me a couple records I really wanted. I gave him the card I had. Because he really wanted it. And that was a discussion both of us had when we made the trade was, okay, so if these are to go up for sale, you have the first, so like the, at the drive-in record, it's a hard to get record. That was one mm. of the discussions we had is if I ever decide to let it go, Mike's the first one I call. Yep. And same thing Mike brought up with the card was if I ever decide to let the card go, it's the first, you're the first one I call. But I like you. I did not like this guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I do like the guy. And I it, well, just lost another listener. Thanks. <laughs> Trust me, he's not listening. No, he might be. And if he is, hey, Kyle, I hope you're doing okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it was just one of those things where it was like we had to kind of, gotcha. iron, kind of iron it out. Like there were no, we did not have any of those kind of discussions or rules. And I think that if, you know, if to Jay's point, you know, Jay gave me a very desirable card that he knew I wanted as a, and I gave him a, a record that, you know, it's not the most expensive record in the world, but it's a nice record. And if I ever got rid of that card, I would talk to him about it. I would say, you know, I'm, I am going to send it in to get graded once PSA opens back up. 
Uh, but it's like, it's going to sit there. I wanted it. Like, I've wanted it since I was 12 years old. So I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of it. But if, if it comes, somebody comes up and says, dude, this guy offered me $3,000 for it, I'd be like, Jay, you and I need to talk. <laughs> Especially right now. I wish somebody would today. <laughs> well, I guess then I would fall back on what John made a comment earlier is that you can say, hey, some dude just offered me 3000 Throw a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Sold. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm sure there's a statute of limitations on the whole thing. Uh, yeah, not exactly. to get to the things we talked about before recording. Sorry. No, that, that came we out We didn't wrong. talk we before that. recording. <laughs> uh, we tried but to, no, it never uh, worked. There's a statute of limitations, right? Like, so if, I, if somebody sold me a complete in-box Mario 3D All-Stars for 60 bucks right now, and then, like, five years from now, I sell it for $1,000 because that's what it will be worth. That's five like, years. I don't feel bad about that. Honestly, it really comes down to intentions and circumstance for me. I agree. If somebody's intending to make money uh, by duping me into selling them or giving me a sob story and then you're, flipping it, that's a bitter taste in my mouth. You're, but you're, you're giving it to them with the understanding that they want it, not that they are going to go make money of it. Because Jay has been, you know, victimized is a strong word, but that's happened to him with records. And, in a, in a, in, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he 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 gave or sold records to somebody at a very, very fair price. And then they were like ran off and sold them, you know, at top dollar very quickly. Their intent, like you said, and it's a good word, was to flip them. It was never to keep them. It was to get rid of them and make money off of it. And it's like, why did I give them to you then? Why didn't I just keep them or sell them myself? You know, like that's just, you know, that's. That might be a little bit more isolated. I mean, we're not going to name names, but that was that was somebody I considered a friend. Right. And I reached mm-hmm. out to that individual because it was, hey, I've got these records. I'm getting out of it. I know you like them. I'd really like to give them to somebody that could appreciate them. And he appreciated them to the stores, basically. Should have gave them to me, dick. Well, if you're back. <laughs> if he appreciated them to somebody else who loved the bands, then I would say that's sure. more power to him. You know, I like the whole essentially lending through sale type situation. Yep. But when it's literally like, oh, that's my copy up on eBay. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're like, hey, that looks familiar. Hmm. And that was basically where it turned with that. Where I know, yeah. again, like I said, with the, with the card, I know that's something Mike really wanted. Because originally it wasn't <laughs> even a discussion of getting it. And he knew I'm I'm a huge at the drive-in fan. Yep, and quicksand. I mean, there, I got more yep. than just yeah. We, we treated each other fairly with this, it. Was funny. But. He says, "How about this? I'll give you this and this, and then I'll and and I'll take this." And I was like, "Deal, <laughs> like mm-hmm. sure, let's go, let's do it now." But we legitimately both got things we truly wanted yes. that the other had, so yep. it yep. worked out. And I've been on the other end, so I remember one person was selling stuff that I so I wanted some stuff. And then, uh, but I thought he was asking a little too high, so I kind of haggled him down. And then afterwards, I found out that he was selling it to help support uh, somebody's uh, uh, medical expenses. Yeah. And then that's where, that's all of a sudden where I feel like a jerk. It's like, like, oh, no. Never mind. Yeah. Like, (laughs) here's some extra money. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. But so it honestly, I, uh, and this is uh, loosely tied to what we were just talking about, but I think that the collector's community for video games is still young and still has a lot of that. I know that this on market value is kind of high, but because we're friends and we're at this level of collecting, we will share and kind of go back and forth because I know you'll appreciate it. Um, whereas I think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not in this, this group, but uh, uh, sports cards, comic books, um, stamps, philately, whatever it's called, philatelation. 
that is very much more a cutthroat world where people it's, are like, oh, you didn't notice that this had the such and such variant and therefore it's worth X more. You would not. Yeah, I think in the video game world, things are not enough stuff happens. I don't think things are happening behind closed doors enough where you'd be able to exploit somebody like that anymore. Like if somebody was selling a Mike Tyson's punch out that was like a five screw, which has become a, you know, it's always been hard to find, but now it's ridiculously expensive too. 10 people are going to come back and go, you know, dude, like you sold that for way too, you know, too little money or, or what it is like from an optics perspective. I just don't think you can get away with that. Like you used to be able to now, I don't really know much about this, the other markets, but it does seem to me that it's, it's a more mature market. If you're talking about sports cards or, or comics or whatever, but it seems like there's a lot more of a selfish attitude and, and more backdooring. Like, you don't see that as much other than like if you're just dealing with strangers on Facebook. But I think, you know, you, I don't think you see it as much in this community yet. And I hope it stays that way personally. But I it's it's small enough. Like I like I, I've told the story, you know, the guy that got me into collecting the set, I have his copy of, of Dinosaur, you know, Surprise Dinosaur Peak, which is, you know, very hard to find Flintstones uh, in the S game. But he, I bought it. You can it. find it on Wish for like ten bucks. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you know what? I should have looked there. <laughs> I, you're absolutely. I don't know why I didn't look there first. Ugh. I just picked oh, one up. From, I just picked one up from there. I actually. blew it. Sorry. I should have it here too. No. Oh, yeah. Perfect. But yeah, and I also have a copy of Chrono Trigger over there in the drawer that you can have too. Um, but uh, you know, it, it came. It, it was his copy that I wanted buying for another person because really, in the, when it comes down to it. Most everybody in this community knows each other. It feels like, and mm-hmm. if there's like, I'm relatively new to it, but it definitely feels like it is a community where people who are interested in doing something like, you know, buying that game, there aren't going to be that many people that do it. You know what I mean? In general, like, why, why are you buying this game? You know what I mean? Like it more so right now, I would say than, than I probably ever that I could remember, but it's definitely a small niche of people that would that would do it. So you know who did that to you, and then it's like, well, you don't want to piss that person off because at some point that person might wind up having something that you want, and then they're going to go, why would I deal with you? You backdoored me, you know, like that kind of stuff. So well, yeah. and the community is great about that, especially on Instagram. Uh, Video oh, game yeah. Sage has been great for what I've interacted there, where the literally somebody will go to another person and say, hey, so-and-so is trying to sell this. What should I do? And they'll, you know, they'll tell them where to be able to see pictures of the board, kind of what the general price is, what the demand is. People are really good about sharing that information. Not everybody, um, but I do yeah. think that the, the way that we keep that going as a community is to reinforce that kind of behavior. Because, yep. you know, once you get the investors to kind of like seep in and there's a lot of cool investors I'm, I'm friendly with a number of the ones that are dealing in things that i cannot afford right now but um it's uh even those individuals like they know what they have and what it's worth but there's an honor there based on i think how the community has treated them and vice versa and so that's you know with all this investment kind of seeping in i think it's important that we continue to be friendly. Help don't, each other out. Don't now, lose I'm that. I'm not saying sell your, uh, what's an expensive cart now that everybody... Uh, Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, Bucky O'Hare is a good example. Like, that's always been a little pricey, but man, it's I, I got gone. my complete in-box copy last year for can I have it? a lot less than what they're going now. Can I have it? Uh, uh, sure. Oh, How many not... of those uh, uh, 20-inch uh, PVMs you got right now? <laughs> well, I... I only have the one right now, but well, 
That's enough, so I guess. guess. <laughs> $50. I think you said 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. 100 bucks. What'd you, yeah. Dang, I shouldn't have. Really have no negotiation. Hey, if he doesn't here. meet your criteria, I've got a handful of uh, Famicom games set here. Like <laughs> oh, nice. There's well, a Wawa World? Yeah, too? yeah, Wawa World it's 2 is in there. Yes, it is. I, <laughs> you, they're, they're all titles you're familiar with. <laughs> oh. Uh, Potentially Hank owned. Hank? Harry? Yeah, I, that's I the one. Is it Hank or Harry? I, uh, We're going to go Harry. What? Why not? All right. Well, I think, you know, is there anything else you want to talk about, man? I mean, you know, like the floor is yours. I, before we delve into the collecting and then just kind of wrap up, uh, you know. So five favorite games. I think I was supposed to do that. Is that a is that a thing? That, I don't recall that, um, bringing that up. Eight? Oh, no, go ahead. We're going to go ahead. Yeah, put, I'm kidding. John, give us your five favorite games. <laughs> well, that's Monopoly, a hard one, guys. Sorry. And I wish you would have prepped me for it. Yeah, we have never discussed yeah. this outside of the show. I spend way too much time thinking about nuance in general. Um, so favorite is kind of a hard thing. Honestly, nostalgia-wise, Chrono Trigger is probably my favorite game. Mm-hmm. That was my first real foyer into RPGs that I loved. Do you... uh, I played Final Fantasy, Dragon Sorry. Quest, you know, and they were fine games. And I remember seeing Final Fantasy 2, which, you know, is the sequel to Final Fantasy 1, the only sequel uh, before Correct. 3. Right, and, 1, 2, uh, and 3, and nothing else till 7. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, they, it's like the iPhone. Right. And yet my brother rented it at the Martin's grocery store in uh, Mishawaka and we brought it home and I was really excited. We played through, uh, we saved the princess spoiler. Uh, and we took her back home and I'm like, that was a great game. And then there was another like 30 plus hours and a new game <laughs> plus. And I okay. did not do a lot of hallucinating in uh, high school. Uh, spoilers. I was a bit of a square. And uh, I legitimately played that game to the point to where, like, I zoned out and felt like I was immersed in it. Um, Do you... uh, so Chrono Trigger, uh, nostalgia-wise, number one. Honestly, ignoring nostalgia, Breath of the Wild is right up there. I've th- That game made me feel things that I did not expect at my, you know, advanced age I could feel anymore. If you, know. you think that game made you feel something, you should go play this Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Oh, God. Oh, Here I've heard go good again. things. Uh, was... Did you play on the highest level? <laughs> For about 30 seconds, yeah, and it was amazing. And uh, then they're like, you're awful. on that uh, episode, yeah. so I, I didn't yeah, finish it, but it, it was, sounds like it was great. Man, uh, I, I do love that game, but it is a, it's hard as balls. So let me ask you this. Do you sure. own a complete copy of Chrono Trigger? Do you have a CIB, or do you have the game? I have my original complete in box copy. So not oh. the one from Martin's that, you know, right. you it, knows it. where that's at. But uh, after that, I went to Electronics Boutique, mm-hmm. which got rebranded several times, uh, except for in Canada. It's EB Games. And uh, I'm like, I want a copy of Chrono Trigger. They're like, oh, we got this used copy. It's complete. Uh, I think I paid 45 bucks for it. I'm like, 45 bucks for a used copy of, ah, all right, I'll do it. But that game and, was uh, like $80 when it came out. I bought that game basically new. Yeah. It was a very, because it, it was a very um, memory laden game. It was the most memory in one cartridge at one at that point, I believe. It was just a very expensive game to produce, too. So, yeah, it's, and it's, yeah. now it's, it's just absurd. I have, I it's, have the box manual cartridge, is what I have. I got the, the map, the registration card. Um, you ever get any dupes of that? You let me know because I need them. Uh, well, that's funny. Actually, uh, I think Joan Bone 7, uh, just to keep like uh, talking about people I, I enjoy on Instagram, I think he sold me a nice complete in box copy that I was like, all right, uh, I want to upgrade. And then I 
I got it in the mail and I'm like, I can't get rid of my personal copy. No. Mine, you know, I mean, uh, I was punk rock in high school, right? So like, uh, you know, stuff on the floor, you step on, you know, the, the empty spots, but sometimes you miss. Yep. So my box is a little rough, but honestly, it's my copy. So for a little while, I had two copies. And I'm like, well, this is like a $150 game now. So I'm going to sell off my second <laughs> nice complete box copy. Got 150 bucks. So it's never gone up in price after that. I'm pretty happy. That's exactly oh, right. It is still oh, exactly $150. Googling now. <sighs> Shit. Oh, oh, no. Jesus. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me about this? Actually, my first little Samson, I traded for half cash. And the other half, the guy gave me a amazing blatant go- box copy of Final Fantasy II, four in Japan, oh. uh, Final Fantasy three, six in Japan, Super Mario uh, uh, RPG, complete in box with the original plastic still on it. Yeah. And two sealed games, Frankenstein for the NES wow. and Final Fantasy VI for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, I yeah. sold Frankenstein, which was a nice copy. For a hundred bucks on eBay, um, because that's all it's worth. Don't Google it. Don't look that up. And uh, I still got the Final Fantasy VI somewhere around here sealed. Nice, I think. Very nice. Yep. Nope. nope. Here it is. It's <sighs> crazy. I never um, actually played Chrono Trigger, but I was just kind of poking around looking while you guys were talking. And uh, I used to be a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. It's the artist. Mm-hmm. And the that's artist the actually artist. created the did the artwork for Chrono Trigger. That's Chrono Trigger cool. is this amalgam of like it's like a super band. The dream team, yeah. It's the dream team of the Squaresoft people, the Dragon Ball Z art. It's, it's, it's an amazing... The, the box alone is part of the reason people love it, right? Just that and the mm-hmm. artwork associated with it. But it is also probably, like to John's point, one of the best games ever. It's really... You come over and play it, man. Like, I've got a, I've got a loose copy and... I know, I have the box copy. Uh, that's right. And uh, I have a really nice manual, which has become super desirable. Like, I snagged that off eBay about a year and a half ago for like 40 bucks. And it's beautiful. Like it was, and I was, I sold mine for 40 bucks. I was like, mine's trash. It's, hey, John, it's, you, need I, a, you need a Chrono Trigger manual? Just let me know. I'll give you 40 bucks. I hear that's the going price. <laughs> I do have a nice strategy guide. Uh, I bought the strategy guide after I, playing through the game like 20 times. Yep. I and then there was only one part that I hadn't gotten to, but that was worth it alone. I, I love all those old strategy guides, and I used to have so many of them, and those make me sick as to what they cost. I have the Final Fantasy three one still, but the Chrono Trigger one was one. I love the Earthbound one, obviously, as a pack-in, the Dragon Warrior one, oh, all the yeah. RPGs. I actually have a good number of them for you know some Super Nintendo PS1 era stuff, but yeah, so I, I love all that stuff. You know, we're, we're two of a kind when it comes to that. But All right, uh, so Chrono here we Trigger. Go. I was going to say, here we go getting filibuster and sidebar and all over the place so yeah. sorry uh, chrono I do, trigger. Jay, that's our fault john uh, no that's fine uh <laughs> chrono trigger we need to talk about more jay the uh the uh final fantasy 7 was kind of considered the first real cinematic game where they put a ton of money into it and made it more like a movie and you know whatever uh but chrono trigger and final fantasy honestly final fantasy 2 4 in japan i don't know what the appropriate nomenclature is that was one of the best, like, uh, initial, like, book-type games. And I would put Final Fantasy three six and Chrono Trigger as the first real immersive story. I would put Chrono Trigger up with any modern classic novel. It's fantastic. Easily. Yep. And it's not a long game. And there are multiple, multiple ways to get through it and finish it and endings and all. It's just a, it's just a, it's a, it's a classic. So what you're saying is we need to do an episode with, for... 
Oh, yeah. And yeah. we're going to have to have John back. Up. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. good. If, he, if I mean, he's still inclined, yeah, I'd love Nothing to. like put you on the spot. Yeah. No, no. I'm uh, any, any excuse to play through it again. Uh, uh, me and several coworkers at my old job uh, actually uh, played through it uh, back in 2018 and then did Chrono Cross afterwards. Yep. That is the so, uh, the PS1 uh, Chrono Cross. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I always uh, Final Fantasy VII is like I always I always call it the gateway drug of JRPGs for the West. Like mm-hmm. before that, I was a nerd. People were like Final, Final Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy. That's nerd stuff. We play Dungeons and Dragons in your basement, you nerd. And then it was like all the guys I went to school were like, oh, Final Fantasy VII is amazing, and it's like you should have listened to me for the last six years, dickhead. But they didn't. But now yeah. they are. Who's yeah? Who's the boss now? This guy, and Jamie. Uh, I did like Final Fantasy and I Tony Danza. That. I never got into. Yeah, <laughs> I know where you were going with it. It's Tony Danza. Um, all right. What else? You, you we talked about Chrono Trigger for forty five minutes. So nice. <laughs> we can do that again uh, soon. As far as games, so yeah, Chrono Trigger number one, Breath of the Wild for non nostalgia. Honestly, What's Star your- Ocean for PlayStation one and the one for PlayStation two. Both phenomenal games. If yep. We're talking about RPGs. Well, give me your um, favorite. Give me your favorite. I want. I actually have a bit of an odd question. What is your favorite NES cart? Okay, it, like what the way it looks. What, it, take everything into account: the box or the manual, everything. What is your favorite NES game as it relates to all those things? Not just the game itself. And then, what would be your favorite NES or Famicom game to play? Both. Oof. Uh, Zelda for like box art and everything it just like it hits that like nostalgia mark um yeah. had to take the easy way out didn't you well he has yeah. like well, 70, i'm joking i'm joking uh, he has like no, 70 here, copies can, box, so. how about rock and ball <laughs> yeah 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 exactly roller I games love that art. robo warrior which fun fact is actually a bomberman adventure game yep in japan it was uh published by hudson developed by hudson and is bomber king is the name uh, which makes total sense. Robo Warrior, a lot of like deep nostalgia for me. Uh, I would say that as far as like box art and everything, okay, definitely up there. Cool, man. That's so hard. It, I, I literally, it, it's you know, I hate to be that guy, but like picking like your favorite is just it's like your it's favorite hard sometimes. kid. Yeah, it's like which is the Red Wings were won four Stanley Cups. You know, it's like which of those is your favorite in your lifetime? I liked all of them. They're all great. Yeah, I can't pick one. So no, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, well, I have a kid I like better than the other. Yeah, I know. I'm but... not going to make that decision on this, though, because one of my children listened to this. Yeah, and it's not the one he liked the oh. best. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. We love you, Deacon. I don't like one of my kids better than the other. I don't uh, really like either one. I don't one even of them. like I either one. Like yeah. Turtles <laughs> like uh, 3, the Manhattan Project. That's pretty cool box art. I do love that one. That's one that I, I do not, you know, I collect, I get complete in box games as I can, but I don't go out of my way all the time to get them unless it's something I really want. That is one I really want. I'm up to like 160 or something like that, complete in box games for NES. You know, complete being cart instruction box. You know, like everybody wants to argue what that means nowadays. But let's, you know, whatever. That's one I do Uh, not have that I'd like. So I got a question for you. What's the most uh, either over underrated NES game or box art that keeps people from playing the best NES game? So the NES game that has the worst box art but is the best of the worst box art. I asked that perfectly, by the way. I know exactly what you're asking. I, I, oh man. I think that 
<laughs> Man, now you put me on the spot. Um, I think an easy answer is Totally Rad. Because I don't think mm-hmm. Totally Rad is inherently a bad game, but the box does not give you any idea as to what you should be expecting. Right? It, I, I, I think, to, and I also think, you know, Totally Rad is Totally Rad. That, that would be one. I've got to think of bad box art. I mean, all the Mega Man games, especially the early ones. Like, Mega Man 2 is just this train wreck of things going on. But it's, like, the great game. But that didn't prevent anybody from playing it, obviously. Uh, Taboo, The Sixth Sense. <laughs> well, that's just, that's just tarot cards, it's just, isn't it? Yeah, it's bad everything. <clears throat> I'm trying to think uh, of one. So go ahead, go ahead. I'll, while you're thinking a little bit, Guardian Legend, I love that game. Yeah. I think the box art definitely throws people off. It's got, like, uh, it's a... Space shooter. I don't know what the technical term is, but uh, it's got like a uh, like a futuristic anime overworld. Yep. The European box art is like this anime style, like almost like Escaflone, if that's a thing. That's my only point of reference for anime. So you know, that's fine. What's that? I said that's fine. Go ahead. No. Yeah. And then uh, in Japan, the box art is like very Geiger esque. You know, like huh. uh, aliens and that sort of thing. It's just this amazing box art. That game I know would be more popular if people actually played it instead of just saw the box art. Uh, Super Nintendo has a lot more uh, examples. So uh, Phalanx is the one that I posted recently. Where That's it's a dude exactly. With a banjo. What, yep. If you go back and look at my Instagram account when I first started, I, I got a box. That was a game I wanted in the box forever. And that was going to be my the next thing I said. If we could divert to the 16-bit era, Phalanx <laughs> is literally, it's an old man with a banjo and you've got stars and shooting stars and stuff in the background. And it's like, what is this game about? Right, and all they were trying to do was Chemco, I believe, was the company that published it. They were trying to differentiate themselves from every other space shooter and yep. be like, "Okay, we're going to try and draw attention," and it worked. I was like, I mean, like, I didn't really help them out at the time, but twenty five years later, I bought it because I was like, I really, I would never bring myself to buy it then because I didn't know what the hell was going on. But now I'm like, I got to have it just because that dude's on the box, man. I, it's mm-hmm. absolutely like that was always the misdirect. That was the one where I was like, and I, I just, I just love that one. That's one of my, it's one of my favorites. Also, yeah. Zombie um, Nation. Zombie Nation is the, it, like, Zombie Nation, if you look at the box art, I'm like, how does this have anything to do with anything? It, it's a bunch of zombies walking around, but then, like, the, your samurai had shooting stuff. Like, what? what? It's yeah, Maybe it's just a shooter thing. I don't know. Oh, if I could do a plug, if you check Instagram, there's two hashtags I've been doing. One is NESVS Famicom. Oh, yes. Uh, and then art, so all just one word, NES, VS, Famicom art. Right. And then NES versus, so VS, Famicom box art. It's where I'm, I'm posting pictures of the carts uh, next to each other or the boxes next to each other so that you can decide which one looks better. And, the and answer is normally Famicom. The answer is almost always Famicom. Almost, I don't know what it is <laughs> that they think that, like, Americans are just incapable of like appreciating good art, but it's like, man, you look at like the, like, I don't even know, like Chrono Trigger is a bad example. Okay. Dragon power. But yeah. Yeah. That's Dragon Ball Z. It's literally, sorry, Dragon Ball. I I don't know anime, but Dragon Ball, they're like, oh, Americans won't want this chibi anime look. So they put like a dude just kicking on the front. They took out all the perverted stuff, a number of the chapters and they sold it to us as Dragon Power. Right. That game would be, I would easily say that would be a $200 complete in box game if it was Dragon Ball, yeah. which in Europe it was. Yep. 
I know. So I get your French copy. I completely, maybe I'm going to have to. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I just pulled up the cover to that. The cover is straight up Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. It's, Except there, over no, here. No, I'm sorry. It is, it's, you were right, John. It's Dragon Ball because it's Goku as a kid. Yeah. See? That's I know these things. <laughs> Finally, you're right stuff. in his wheelhouse of the things he knows. All right. Yeah. So I did pull up and show Mike a picture of the old Mega Man oh, art cover, which was horrible. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Jerry, you know, our friend downstairs of the record store, and they were talking about like the art of a VHS or the art of mm. something, and whatever it was. And it was like these people were just commissioned people. Their job was to do something. So it's like. That person for, like, let's say Mega Man, right? They said, look, it's a blue guy shooting a gun. His arm is a gun or whatever, and and that's it. And he fights all these robots or whatever. And it's like they give you nothing more than that. This is what you know. You don't get to play the game. You don't get to, you know, a synopsis of the game. You literally get, like, eight words about it's a blue guy with a gun that shoots robots. Like, that's what you get. So they put a guy in a yellow and blue jumpsuit exactly. with a, <laughs> yes. with a, with a mm-hmm. nine millimeter. <laughs> right. And, and instead of his, in, instead of the Mega Blaster, right, it's it just like this gun. And it's like. I think it's a Mauser. It's a Mauser. Well, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, so you know what I'm saying. But yes. So it's they they didn't get a lot of. um uh uh, context a lot of the time. So, that's no, right. and I mean, you know, it, it also they're playing to the executives at Nintendo of America. They're not playing to the actual audience. And Nintendo had a specific issue when they first started releasing games that they didn't want to come off. If you look like, uh, oh, I got some Atari 400, 800 boxes here. And if you look at like uh, Star Raiders or mm-hmm. um, Defender or like Missile Command. Those are not what the games are. Oh no, that's <laughs> but that's how you sold the game back then. You you would sell it, a game through the box art. It was like, oh, this looks super awesome. And you had to use your imagination, right? It was like, okay, it's, it looks like a wiener shooting a, a square at a guy. Exactly. You know, like yeah. And I, Nintendo just didn't want that to happen, so maybe that's why the NOA like art kind of went a different direction. By the way, uh, the Phillips. real answer to the best game with the worst box art is Abadox. That which, is true. I just pulled off of the shelf, and I think that Collector's Quest mentioned that, so I gotta. I have to agree because it has that weird cartoony-looking mutant thing right on the mm-hmm. box, but it's like, what does this have to do with anything? What is going on here? And that is a Famicom cart that I do not have because it is very expensive. Ah, I love. I'm scrolling yeah. through the old Atari covers. I'm just doing like worst box art searches, and all of them look like whoever would have done the art for Blade Runner. Did the art for oh, yeah. every Atari game. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a total Donkey Pong. I think that's got some iffy box art. Donkey Pong. I think that's what it's called. I don't it's know. It's like that one. it's like Donkey Kong, but with Pong in the name, and it is not a Pong game, and it's not a Donkey Kong game. Uh, it doesn't sound like anything I want to talk about. <laughs> and sorry, just another aside. Uh, I think it's Mega Man Two. For Pal, yeah, is an interesting box. It's amazing. It's it's that. Oh, I want that one. That is mm-hmm. so. Yeah, look that up, Jay. It's Mega Man to uh, NES, but the Pal. Oh man, it's it's he's all like silver. He looks like Turrican, kind of right. Yeah, it looks like Turrican yeah. essentially. It's just it it's so hideously. I don't know what it is with Mega Man box art where they were like. Look, we want him to look like he's mentally handicapped. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Jay just pulled it, it up. <laughs> the dude looks like he has a four-wheeler muffler on his arm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
He might. If you uh, if you look at the original Famicom box art for Mega Man One, they had the chibi thing down pat. Yeah, all seven of the Mega Man games because there's an extra one in yep. Japan for board game, and uh, all seven of those have the same cool aesthetic inside of the flap. When you open up the box, there's a little like character like head just like on one of the flaps. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, those are also not cheap right uh, now. No, they're not. Um, you know one I think that is highly underrated is Rollerblade Racer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the box art is like if if you were to say what is the most nineties box art on the NES, I would put Rollerblade Racer and Totally Rad right next to each other. How and about maybe, Ghost Lion? Oh, Ghost. Okay, so it's a chick I, from a White Snake video with a lion, and she's gonna definitely ride on the Rainbow Road to Valhalla. We're 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 going down a rabbit hole here, I know, and nope. we're gonna wrap this up. Sorry. But Ghost Lion, <laughs> there are my two favorite box arts of all time for the NES. I have to think, it really, if I think about it, Ghost Lion, which is like a blonde woman with like big feathery, big you know hair. She's got on like green spandex and like this white tattered shirt, and she's holding a sword, and there's like a white lion there or tiger. And it's just like probably a lion, probably a lion, yeah. <laughs> but it's just it looks like some kid that I went to high school with that played D and D. This was like he drew this as his fantasy. Like this is the woman I'm going to marry. It was amazing. But like if his mom found it, she wouldn't be too weirded out oh, by it. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was exactly it was on the front of a Nintendo box, so it could not have been that crazy. But yes, it exactly there. Jay just pulled it up. It's just absurd. And and then my other favorite is. And I, I, know, I think I've told you this before, John. My mm. favorite box art on the NES of all time, and it's one I don't have, and I have a friend who has it, and I would like to get it, Kickmaster. Kickmaster oh, yeah. is amazing. It's got, like, the Taj Mahal and this evil sorceress in the background, and it's like this, um, what would you call it, like a demon's flying away with a woman, and this dude's, like, kicking the air, like, just like, Gaichu or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is just, Kickmaster's box art is, like, I want that poster. I want that poster in this room. When we do, like, before the, you yeah. know, but, like, before in the next, we get the YouTube yeah. going. Yeah, the I have YouTube. to have. I sound like I'm 90. Yeah, well, you do. But, but it's good to hear from you. The e bombs world. That's yeah, what the yeah, kids are using. Yes, these exactly. Days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all on somethingawful.com's forums, I believe. <laughs> oh, Consumption Junction? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, please yeah. cut that. <clears throat> um, but uh, I need a Kickmaster poster. I need a poster of the Kickmaster box art because it is literally, there's so much going on and it's all amazing like all of it is good like one of those things would be enough for a boxer but like no you get it all it's just oh i love it anyway i love i love the uh the elevation of something that is not that impressive like kickmaster like no offense but how long does it take to get good at being like a kicker Right. Uh, not like football. No, let's not go sports. I don't know anything about that. But uh, like, I mean, what, 10,000 hours? I mean, Is that, I don't that's know. That's how it works, right? Like, just kick for 10,000 yeah, hours. Repetition. Kick yeah, repetition. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, uh, the Rockettes, are those kick masters? Surely they are. I would, I would consider them kick masters, plus they're hot. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, not to objectify okay. them, but, you know, I'm, whatever, they're good looking. That, that <laughs> game art honestly looks like it would be an alternate cover for big trouble in little china okay Kickmaster. Yes. yeah i can see that i i want that one yeah it does like that's yeah. the big trouble in little china it's the same thing except for the man in his you pantaloons have, yeah, are flying just, through yeah, the you air you just don't have kurt russell on it yeah oh, what's, what's uh vice what's vice the... project doom that's that's kurt russell 
Oh yeah, all day. That it, I, I just love the art of that era where it's like all these like intense action heroes, like with a gun and a woman strapped to his side, and like he's just you know he's eating bullets for breakfast or whatever. So yeah, there's tons of those power blade, all, all that stuff. But all right, uh, the name feel, of the episode should be "Woman Strapped to His Side." Woman strapped to his side. That's Jay's new nickname. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a picture of Jay that. Uh, I don't know if he can live up to the legend at this point. Yeah. Just, just imagine Kurt Russell on the cover of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> but he has on these badass pants, and he's, he's literally kicking the Taj Mahal. <laughs> the Taj Mahal. <laughs> it's not a Taj It's not a Taj You're right. That anyway. seems culturally insensitive. It, why? Well, great, okay. now, great. Now you're getting this canceled. <laughs> yeah. made, made it to double digits, and listen, that's it. Somebody would have to listen to be upset, so I'm not too worried about any of that. Okay. All right. So I think, you know, with all that, let's 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 move into our, our collecting. I, I'll talk to you, too, about what you added. Let's uh, let's do that. I'm going to – but I do want to talk to you about what you've added. Jay will talk about anything that you've added record-wise or whatever. So Calling this, what are we calling this segment again? Two episodes in, we still haven't come up with a name. That's your job. You you do nothing around here other than show up and criticize me. So give me a give me a name. Oh, come up with something before the next episode. That's your job. All right, I can do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> All right, no, so no guarantees. But I'll do we that. just yeah. You know, this this is the area where we talk a little bit about. I'll throw what, a couple over the bow of the boat. Yeah, see what happens. How about, yeah, how about yeah. Uncle Jay's late night pickups? Uncle Jay's late night pickups in his windowless van. That's right. <laughs> Excuse me, are you working? <laughs> um, I've got Nintendo games and beer. You want to go for a right. ride? That's right. You ever see? Uh, your watch. Trailer I'm park? intrigued. I don't <laughs> know about. These. I mean, hey, look, well, hey, there could be anything in there. You never know. Nintendo games. That means that could be something awesome. Yeah, so this is the area where we talk a little bit about collecting pickups, what's been going on in our collecting lives. I feel I could probably go last here. I should not kick this off. I because I have I appreciate that. I have a very long, drawn out thing to talk he about. He does. It's so. gonna be the longest. You guys story go it ever. won't be that long. You guys go ahead. So mine's pretty quick actually, so we'll jump back to music real quick. Um John, I don't know if you uh have you ever partaken in hot water music? Hot water what? Hot water music. The band. Band from Gainesville, Florida. I do not know this hot water music. Pretty good band. You should check them out sometime. They're a good band. But I actually um, don't have it in hand right this moment. But I will be uh, partaking. uh, Jerry downstairs, actually, Mike and Jerry both, um, got a lead on getting uh, their anniversary album, their 20th anniversary album, which is really cool. It's actually four records. Um, and it's the greatest hits from eight of their albums. So it's a really good album. So, but yeah, if you get a minute, wow. check, uh, check out water music out. You probably like them. Sure. But that's really all I have. I haven't gotten really anything. I got a bunch of records when I went down to Florida on the last episode. I haven't really gotten anything since I got back. So, so I'm pretty, pretty copacetic there, but all right. John, nice. what about you? It could be games or records. I'm sure games will probably so, be more interesting. So. Records. So a band that uh, I've been a big fan of for a little while called Low Cut Connie. Uh, they've seen a bit of uh, popularity, uh, especially in 2020, their album. Uh, oh, oh, Private Lives. Nice. Private Lives. Thank you. It got a lot of uh, good praise and it's my favorite 2020 album. 
they did a series of shows during 2020 of them covering different people's songs or putting out an album about that. So I got that literally in the mail. And uh, hmm, there was another big vinyl pickup. Oh, uh, there is a band called Tub Ring, which nobody knows about. But they did do, they were like one of the first like kind of sci-fi punk, like, you know, math nerd bands, as everybody loves. And they also did, uh, I think it was like Super 8-Bit Brothers or something along that lines, where they were like one of the first 8-Bit bands back in like, I'm going to say late 90s. So they put out an album, kind of a best of, and a friend of mine, I think, found a copy for Pretty Cheap, which I'm excited about. And then I'm going back through some of the great albums of the last uh, 50 years. Uh, I've been really enjoying like kind of just like getting into music that I didn't ever pick up. Sure. Uh, You know, it's 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 fun to get into that sort of thing. Uh, My biggest uh, surprise was uh, uh, Live at the Apollo. Um, That's, uh, you know, it's just one of those albums you just don't expect that you're going to love. And uh, it's been on heavy rotation. I prefer Showtime at the Apollo. Nice. It's Showtime. At the uh, do, do. are you ready for love Star watching. Time? No, I used to uh, love watching that. What's that? I used to love watching uh, Showtime with the Apollo. No, love this. Nice. Sorry, I died. Um, and then, as far as games are concerned, um, hmm, I picked up a couple of Switch titles. Oh, uh, there is no game. I recommend if you guys are point and click fans. Oh, okay. Um, nice little cheap download and. Uh, uh, there's a game. I don't want to spoil it for you, but they're lying in the title. Spoiler alert: uh, there is a game. Did you have you played uh, uh, Hades? What's that? Have you played Hades on the Switch? I've heard that's really good. I actually got that. I've got a copy of that on the way. I've downloaded. it. I've not played it yet. I didn't have much time. Okay, uh, because work was crazy busy. But uh, that's definitely on my list. And I got uh, there's two games that that publisher actually did, uh, or sorry, developer did a little earlier. Um, so I got both of those also, and it's just on my queue. Um, All right. What what else you got? Uh, Since I so rudely yeah, interrupted. Yeah, so uh, some Famicom stuff. I'm excited to have picked up a couple of things. Complete and box copy of Willow, which is fun. Now I just need to get the U.S. version. And uh, not thinking anything too crazy. Oh, I'm working on... Uh, I keep getting these uh, sealed Famicom disc games. Oh, uh, yeah, just yeah. Just because they're dirt cheap but I'll probably sell those off eventually uh, just because I really do hate collecting sealed. So yeah. I'll find somebody that really wants them. Yeah, not it. <laughs> Maybe someday. Um, um, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, I'll start I'll start with, I've got a couple of records here in front of me that I, that I purchased recently. Just uh, before you get too far, John, yeah, go, go. you might want to grab a snack and a cup of coffee. Oh, shut up. It's not that. Feet up. That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. One more, one more record, just to throw it in there. There was a band called. Uh, I'm gonna have to pull it out here. Dismemberment Plan. Yeah, I know Dismemberment Plan. Yeah, uh, some fun, fun beats there. I think they did a couple of five, four songs. Okay. Um, uh, worth checking out. Maybe a little too experimental for some people, but uh, for John in the '90s, that was like you know, look at how weird this band is. I love them. <laughs> it's like Mr. Bungle, but you haven't even heard of them. Oh yeah! Oh, Lavage. You know this uh, uh, Mike Patton side yeah. project? Yeah, yeah. That album is amazing. I've it's, heard that. Uh, Dan the Automator and uh, Mike Patton, and I can't remember the the female vocalist, but uh, kind of like it's like a creepy like how to pick up chicks book, but in musical format. Is it like how to pick up trashy women? 
Uh, it's Mike Patton. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. pretty much everything that dude does is gold. Is uh, I mean, oh my god, my have you heard him sing in Italian? He's amazing. Oh yeah, always been one of my favorite. That dude's the the voice of our generation. Him and he, he that guy is the most talented vocalist. I I don't even know what to say. Plus, he did the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, song. Is actually that's yeah. He's oh. the, the the new uh, the remake. Take that, Jeff Laurie. Yeah, <laughs> idiot. Actually, if uh, you guys do kind of stick with the Mike Patton theme, if you guys come across it, I would definitely recommend picking up the new Tomahawk album. If you haven't yeah, picked it up or I you do don't pick that. it up, at least give it a listen. He's been. Uh, he's been... No, my buddy's big into him. Uh, so when that came out, he's like, "Oh, you got to listen to this." I'm a big Stainer fan too, so that's like a win-win nice. for me. Sorry, uh, no, no. <laughs> I delayed you, Mike. What were, yeah, what no, were you trust say? me, you're good. Did you, get, did you pick anything up? Uh, no, that was it. So have a good night, everybody, and uh, nice. tune in next time. I'm gonna go take no. a nap while he's telling no. the story. I'll so, be back in a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. I got a I got a couple of records in front of me that I purchased. I have I've gotten others, but um, I picked up a reissue of Pinhead Gunpowder is Jump Salty. So if you're not familiar with Pinhead Gunpowder, it is a side project on. with Billy Joe Armstrong. Um, that mm-hmm. he was in before, even you know, at the early time, early ages of Green Day, and it has Jason White, who is, I believe, the second guitarist when they tour. He also plays on some of their albums now, and it's the guy from Crimp Shrine, and the guy from oh, what's the other guy? I can't remember the other band the other guys from, but yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 just it's punk rock, like it's Bay Area type punk rock, but uh, under the under the name Pinhead Gunpowder, and then I got. The if you're a Deftones fan, Deftones just put out a 20th anniversary edition of White Pony. Um, it's a double two double LPs and uh, all kinds of fussy stuff. It's got like a lithograph and stuff. I like the Deftones. This is not my favorite record, but this is literally like the prospecting record where I'm like, that will surely become expensive because Deftone fans have gone nuts recently. So like Oof. anything that they put out becomes expensive, and I was able to get my hands on it. So I thought, eh, I'll buy it. I like them. I don't have that record. If I never open it, I'll sell it. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, at some point, but not not today. So hold on. All right, I had to put those down. Um, but that leads me to the big story, right? So buckle up, everybody. <laughs> Stop. I'm built. I'm, I'm building. I'm building up the scene. So. Firehouse Rescue. Yeah, Sorry, that is exactly. I didn't mean to step on you. <laughs> Finally got the complete in box Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES, the first one, the original. Oof. Yep. So, no, I have been, uh, I, I, I'm in what, I've been working through what I would call phases of, you know, with my NES collection, with the licensed NTSCU uh, set, right? I, and, you know, when I last spoke, I think the last thing I said was I had a copy of Pro. I had gotten Nobunaga's Ambition 2. Pro Sport Hockey was in the mail. I have yep. it now. I am literally down to... I didn't know you got that. Yes. You you told me it was coming, but I didn't know yep. you'd actually it's, gotten it. Yep. I put it on Instagram if you would just get on there and like it. I don't like you. I don't follow you. So. <laughs> I don't like you either. Um, But so now I'm at 674 of 677, right? So we're getting... It's, it's beyond the nitty gritty now. We're at like the last half percent of the collection. And my friend in Canada, as I've mentioned multiple times, has gun neck. I just can't get across the border to get it from him. He doesn't sh- ship. He's younger. Um, dude, I'm going to send him a UPS box and instructions. I, it drives me crazy. It. I was like, dude, I, 
I'm about ready to come up with some reason to get across the border to get the it. The dude's young, too. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I know. young, young. Like, how do you not know how to do that stuff? So I can see if he was, I, like, 75. I agree. I agree. But that's not here or there. So, so Gunnax kind of handled I just have to get it. He also has a sealed copy of uh, Castlevania Chronicles on PS1 that he's going to mm. sell me. And a Legend of Zelda Game & Watch. So he's got all three of those Oof. things. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I've got to get all these things from him at some point. But it's not going to be any time in the next few weeks because... You know, Power Blade 2 I'm trying to find. That's really the one right now that it's it's irritating because there are copies out there, but they just keep going up, 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 up. Like it was 400, then it was 500, then it was 600, 700. You know, people people are all trying to get like top dollar for these things. And I'm just like, I'm not willing to overspend to get it. So I'm like, whatever, it'll happen when it happens. So then that takes us to the big boy, right? So bum, 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 bum. <laughs> the the... The the cart whose name shall not be spoken, <laughs> stadium events, right? And uh, heard of it? Yeah, it's a thing. Right? Bandai? Yeah, it's it's the world class track meet of uh, early Nintendo. Is what I've heard. Um, but oh, no, so nice. so I was, you know, I think I spoke about this before, but I I was in. I drive my son to Northern Kentucky uh, every other weekend, and on our way down or on our way back. Time to time, we will stop at a shop in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is about an hour 45 from where I'm at. And the owner is a former collector of NES stuff. He has an NES TV in his shop. He's just a big NES guy. He you know, showed me pictures of the stuff that he had in the past and all that. And um, You want to give a shop a quick plug? Well, I, yeah. It, I know we listen. I know I don't. Well, I kind of do and I kind of so don't. Wait. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, until until you have this in hand, you may not want to. But, I mean, you've already given well, enough information that yeah, people probably... I, they probably could figure it out. So I don't really want to name names here because it's okay, I, well, I, I have in the past. But so mostly because he he really did me a, a big favor. Okay, and 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 the and I would not want to uh, if anybody we'll plug, if, we'll come on, come if anybody ever listened to the show and then heard this and then was like, I want that kind of a deal myself. He did me a big favor in that he's you know he had a very expensive, desirable thing in his shop. Right, he had a sealed graded copy of Pokemon Silver for the Game Boy Color. And uh, 9.0 grade, A-plus seal. Again, I'm not a graded guy. I'm not a sealed guy. But this is a very expensive, like, five-figure-ish type game, right? And we were in there, you know, it was a couple weeks ago on Sunday, I think, or, or Friday or whatever it was. You know, I was driving down, driving back, whatever. And I said, hey, you know, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I'll... I'll trade you for the for the Pokemon. And he goes, you bring me X amount of dollars worth of stuff and you can have it, you know, kind of in passing as a joke. So of course I was like the whole way home. I'm like, Hmm, could I do that? You know, could I, could I put that together? Like, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to name a number or anything like that, but, but essentially it was like, I, I, two days later I messaged him and I'm like, listen, if you're serious about trading the, the, the game, I probably could come up with that amount of stuff. And it was fair to him. In, in myself, um, but I could come up with that amount of stuff to trade you. And he's like, I was kind of joking, but honestly, I would really like to see you get this game. And I was like, I kind of felt bad because I was like, man, I messaged him back and said, I would be taking this game and using it as leverage to get stadium events. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's why I want you to have it. And I was like, wow, like this, you know, Okay, like I was like, this is starting to be like a you're not just like pretending there's a tunnel and that you might someday walk in it. Now I'm feeling like I could like walk into this tunnel, right? So 
I start to like compile all the things that I have. Like I have a lot of excess stuff. I have bought lots. I have bought games. I have, I have duplicates of this. I have things that I've had sitting around for a long time that I didn't have a lot of motivation to fix or clean or repair or whatever it was. And I do a lot of that type of stuff. Well, as soon as he said that, I was like, it was go time. And I spent the better part of the next probably week and a half getting it all ready and constantly being in contact with him to say, okay, here's what I'm kind of, here's where I'm at so far. And he's like, yep, that's perfect. You know, we'll just keep kind of keep going, keep going. And he would kind of like say, okay, you know, where are we at? Cause he's trusting me from a value perspective. And he's also the, the I think the part that I don't really want to reveal who it is, but you know, he gave me f- market value for everything I was selling him. Okay. Which was pretty commendable. Which is, which is, you know, yeah. you're not going to get that deal no. anywhere. No. And now there is a shortage of that kind of stuff. So it is helping him. Okay. And he's, he's been very thankful to me, but ultimately he knows what he's, he's helping to drive here. So, so, you know, I got to like close. I was like, okay, I'm at like this number. And he's like, okay. I said, what else would you like to see? Cause I'm kind of almost tapped out, but I could kind of like start looking. Cause I was, I pulled some things out of my collection, but nothing like super, nothing I had ser- any, like I basically did all this without pulling almost anything out of my personal collection. The two things that I took out that I really wish that I could have kept, but was like, whatever, if I get what I want in the end, I can always go buy this yeah. was boxed copies of Metroid zero mission and legend of Zelda links awakening on game boy, the player's choice version. They're both boxed and they were complete. And I'm like, whatever. I can go buy those. I don't care. I can't just go buy stadium events. I mean, maybe at some point in the near future I can. But in general, you're I not seeing the hundred dollar bills falling out of your pocket. Yeah, yet, yeah, so. yeah. They're not there yet. So ultimately, you know, I'm like right there on the on the goal line. And I he's I was like, What else would you like to see? And he's like, I could use more of these things and maybe some of this type of stuff. So I went to Kyle at Retro Replayed, who was on the show last week, and I was like, look, dude front me a few of these things. I'm going to fix stuff for you anyway. I'll pay you for it. No problem. But he, this is what he's looking for. This was like on a Wednesday and it was Friday that I proposed that I would be down there to, to bring it to him. So I, you know, I spent all of Thursday cleaning, ensuring everything worked. Like, I mean, I'll you know, there, it's a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff. I mean, I think I counted over 50 consoles as part of the deal. You could have opened your own store. Yeah. I had more stuff in my basement than most stores in this area have had for quite some time recently. So I've made that joke at stores before. I'll say like, Oh, you guys almost have as much as I do. And then turns out it's not really a joke. Yeah. It's not really a joke. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of sad, but true. Um, so, you know, uh, Kyle gave me a few things. I sent him a picture and he goes, looks like we're done. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. Like I'm going (laughs) to, I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit. I'm like, okay. Weak in so, the knees. Yeah, it was really weird. So drove down there on there Friday. There's one caveat that yeah, you go, left out go ahead, go that go you shafted him on, and I'm still a little bitter about this, even though I don't know this What I do? Oh, is it the PVM that I gave you? Did no, you that no, no, it wasn't the PVM. <laughs> callback. That's called the callback, everybody. <laughs> so Mike had the Weird Al box set. Oh, CD yes. Set oh. next to when he took the picture of all the stuff. That's true. The gentleman had responded to him throw in the weird owl and we got a deal he said no he, he shafted him no he no didn't throw in the no, weird owl. that is not that is not how that went how it went was he said is the weird owl permanent record i think it's permanent record is what it's called yeah, box exactly. set i can't remember i've had it since 1995 when i worked at best buy i've had it's a cd box set there's four cds in a book and it's actually pretty amazing and he goes is the is the weird owl box set included and i said look <laughs> dude if that's going to put this over the finish line then yeah if you want it <laughs> I've only had it for 25 years. Like I could get another one, whatever. And I he's like, no, no, no. 
Yeah, we 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 had a good laugh about that. It was very funny, but um so I spent I was literally up till 4:30 in the morning on Thursday night, Friday morning, you know, getting all this stuff ready. Amy thought I was a lunatic. Okay. Making 750 trips from the basement to oh, the car. Oh, and I have a and I have a pretty <laughs> bad hip and it was like I was doing it all by myself while I was cleaning. I re- I had a PS4 Pro. I was originally going to include one of the things I was originally going to include that I did not want to include and was glad that I did not have to was Sega Ages for the Sega Saturn. Very, very, like, I mean, like, as nice of a copy as you'll find open ever. And I did not want to get rid of it because it's just hard to find in its working designs. So I said, look, what if I give you my PS4 Pro and an extra controller? And he's like, fine. I'd rather have that. I'd sell that faster anyway. That's That'd be awesome. So I was like, cool. So I at, like, 3 in the morning, I'm like, well, I probably should format that PS4 and get it ready for him. Load the car up. My whole trunk is full. I have, like, a Fusion. The trunk is full. My backseat has three boxes of stuff. Like, there's two boxes just of cords and controllers, right? All OEM controllers, all cleaned. Everything is, like, showroom ready. You could put it out and good to go. So I get there with my son. I drove all the way to Kentucky with all that stuff in the car. And then we drove all the way back. Got there at 730, closed at 8. He had him and two other... Crammed his son in the backseat with all kinds of consoles. I wedged him in the trunk with an Xbox 360 (laughs) in his lap. Hold no. these. Yeah, yeah. And don't <laughs> drop them. I swear to God, if you drop them. These are no. showroom ready? Yeah, they're showroom ready. It's an R2-D2 Xbox 360. Come on. Um, but uh, so I wind up, you know, doing the deal, go in. Super nice. He's just a great guy, and I consider him a friend. It, that kind of, That conversation was, we were always friendly, but that was like the first friend conversation that we had had where I was like, mm. You know, like, I, I like you, you like me, like, we get along, and, and he was just a nice guy, and, and he even said afterwards, you know, my trunk's completely empty, he goes, well, well, how about this? I have a bunch of stuff sitting here, do you want to fix it? You know, and, like, I'm like, sure. So, of course, I left with, like, nine Sega CDs and, like, five GameCubes, I'm like, I just got done with all this stuff! But, uh, but anyway, so the moral of the story is now, I am the proud owner, as I hold in my hand here with Jay, and I've sent you pictures of this, I know, John, a graded, sealed, Pokemon Silver for Game Boy Color is a 9.0, A+. Comparable games of this have literally sold for $10,000. And it is it trips me out a little bit to hold something in my hand that is a video game that has that type of valuation. It's even better when he's waving it around like a bacon cheeseburger now, from Wendy's. Yeah. So now I am in possession of this highly desirable, currently expensive thing. And I have to figure out, and it's very weird. I had a conversation with a store owner today who has a copy of Stadium Events, and I'm literally having those conversations. I never thought I'd have in my whole life to say, I'm I'm interested and I'm in the market, right? Now, this game alone is not going to suffice, and that's a trip. Mm-hmm. So now I've got this, right? And if I can get those graded games back, I would be fine with taking that Mario 2. I don't care. I don't care that I have a 9.4 CIB Mario 2 or 9.2 or 9. I don't care. You give me two or $3,000 for that or or take it and trade towards it and you take that super nice Super Mario or whatever it is and we're done and I have it. Okay, and my investment in it is ridiculously low compared to what I'm winding up with at the end. But I know... Good. I know nothing about how these stores operate, especially the ones that have event, stadium events. But my guess is that they would rather a stack of Mario Brothers 2s that were just complete in box versus having a graded nine point whatever. But just because I, selling I, at that level. I know what you're saying, but these guys, they're not. I, that's what I have to find out from this guy tomorrow. Are you looking for money? Right. Do you want money for it? 
or are you looking for something to, that you feel like you can sit on for six months or a year or and make more money? Like stadium events yeah, is expensive, but like Pokemon Silver, is it going to double in price in, in a year? It might. Who knows? I don't know what the you know. If anything, I've learned in the last couple of years, I I don't I I can't guess anything because I'm never right. But when did Silver come out? Silver was two thousand. So if it you was were Gen twelve two. and two thousand, so that makes you thirty three now. You're finally at a point to where you maybe have enough financial security to spend that kind of money on stuff. Yeah, like that's that's the age group that's kind of coming into it, and isn't it? Yes, and that's my whole point is to them this is like they don't care about something like stadium events because it has matured right it is not it's going to continue to be expensive and desirable but it's not as volatile it's more this is more of the high risk high reward where you're like look you might be talking to a store owner who says i want that because i'm going to sit on it for a year two years or five years and then i'll sell it for three or four or five or whatever times i i I gave you for it or there's also the people that go you know what i just want x thousands of dollars I would much rather trade. I would much rather say I have this, I have these other graded games, and if I need to toss two or three thousand dollars on top of it, let's do it that way. Because if I go sell this, which I I could probably do in twenty four hours, okay. If I go sell this mm. game right now, I would have ten thousand dollars, and then I'd be like, now I have to spend ten thousand dollars on a video game, more than ten thousand, mm-hmm. and that to me is it's harder to. Uh, disassociate the monetary part when you're holding ten thousand dollars in your hand. You know, what well, I mean, it's, it's kind of easier when it's this. And to kind of piggyback with what John's saying is, if you think about it, so I'm out of the three of us, I'm the more casual, of course, as far as games go. I never even, I and I grew up in Nintendo time. Like I remember getting a Nintendo brand new for Christmas when I was a kid. So I grew up with that stuff, and I still, I never until you talking about completing your setup. I never knew anything about stadium events. Yeah. Pokemon, everybody knows about. Right. And the thing is, is right now the big niche, and we were talking about this, I think, on the last episode, was that people are buying it from a collect a, a collection standpoint. So you're buying it as, you're, you want stadium events as a loose cartridge. You can play it. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can enjoy it. Keep it in my safe deposit and, box but in I mean, a bank. But the, thing, <laughs> but the thing is, if you got it, you you know you'd at least put it in the Nintendo once. Oh, absolutely. Where this isn't meant for I that. I wouldn't and put it in a Famicom box it, or something stupid like that. Nice. But it's like, but I mean. <laughs> Plug it in right away. But, yeah, I, mean, yeah, go uh, for it. but I mean, a lot of it is, it, it's the lore of the, the pretty case and the 9.0 and the A plus on it. Oh, yeah. Where people, like we were talking about how everybody is all over like Mario and in, in Mario being graded. And it's like, I People actually started looking yeah. when we were talking about the most expensive games, I actually poked around and I found one of the games that sold for the most expensive was it sold a heritage. It was a uh, super Mario three left bros. Mm-hmm. The um, 9.0 sealed. Yes. Yeah. $158,000. Yeah. That was the most expensive game that was sold at this point. Yeah. I and believe that at a that Super point. Mario Brothers one recently sold closer to the half million mark. A, like, a Super Mario Brothers one. They had Mid- Super Mario listed in there for a hundred twenty. The most 000. expensive game that has sold ever yeah. is a. It was a nine point four. It was a mid production run of man. Some, yep, and Sorry. it was a nine point four a something seal six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That sounds yeah. right to me. And that's that is. And it, it just broke the record. So it's it, that just happened. I watched it happen on Heritage Auction. Like you can actually sit there and watch the live but, auction. But I haven't participated. Piece, too. But with a piece with that is people want to buy that stuff where if you put 
stadium events in a sealed box, and you're just the average. I got two. I got six hundred thousand dollars to spend on a game, and you put stadium events and Super Mario Brothers in front of me. What do you think I'm going to buy? Right, I'm going to buy Super Mario Brothers. I'm and, not going to buy. Stadium. Well, it, at those prices, you need an easy story because you need to be able to communicate to your friend that's not a video game person. Oh, for sure. Why did, this is important. Oh, trust Super me, Marvel's I already do that with stadium print. events. <laughs> yeah, good. Like stadium events had a good story. Uh, there's, I have a uh, test cart from Japan of Clue Clue Land, yeah. and it's one of those things where nobody really knows what the origin is, and because it doesn't have an origin story, they sell for between a hundred and three hundred dollars. But if it had like a cool, these were the test carts before the test carts that were released here in the U.S. Yep. Like all of a sudden now it's a five hundred to a thousand dollar game. Yep, yeah. it's true. So, but yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Like I'm in pre negotiation phase where I uh, he you know the owner of the shop gave me contacts to three different store owners. He believed that it were in possession. One definitely was. I have not spoken to the other two yet because I'm not really. I don't want to be like t- juggling too many balls and then two people be like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I'm trying to be. Respectful. Respectful, but also a uh, motivated buyer and not just like a, a tire kicker. So, you know, I feel like two weeks from today, I'm, I could be making a drive to Massachusetts. I don't know. It's just going to depend on how things fall out. I've got a few things that I, you know, depending on if I get those games back from WADA, where they land, and also, uh, you know, I have some other things up for sale that I, you know, I, I'm. If I sold a few things and none of it really game related, like vintage T-shirts and vinyl stuff, if that sold, I'd have you know a third to a half of that the money I would need to kind of augment this game um, to to buy it. So it's it's a hard it's hard to believe, right? First of all, because it's just one of those things. It's like it's like a myth, right? It's like an urban legend that they exist, and I've I, I don't I've never even seen one in my life, you know, in my in, in person. So. It's it's one of those things that you and I don't know how you are when it comes to these kind of things, but I don't like to think about things like that until I really feel like it's something that's possible, right? And I'm there. I'm to that point now where I feel like it is. But once I got this in my hand and drove off, I had this weird emotional like, oh my god, like this is this is probably going to happen. It's within the capacity of my doing to now have it happen in some way. So you know, it's now it's just a matter of having the stars align and figuring out the logistics of it. As a non-parent, and feel free to tell me this is sacrilege, but is it kind of like driving home from the hospital with your baby? Like, well, it's in the car. <laughs> it, it is kind of weird. It is kind of like that. That same feeling where you're like, well, I guess now I'm a parent. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, like we were talking about having a kid. Life has changed. Yep. I know forever, but I don't feel different. Yep. And it's, it is. It's, it's very much that. And it's funny because. Other than the immense love that you have for your new Pokemon well, 9.0. Ex- exactly. And I slept with it under my pillow last night. No. Um, Just like babies. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. That's what I meant. <laughs> under um, the pillow. I thought it was in burlap sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way. Yeah. That's all I wear on my feet. Um, <laughs> Sack boy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I just, uh, it's a, it's this weird thing that when I, when I first started on this and I'll, I'll tell you a very quick aside to it all. I talked Sorry. to the guy who got me, it's okay. The guy who got me into said, Hey, I bought his shelves off of him and he said, you should just collect the whole set. And at that time I was like, no, I, you know, that's stupid. I just want to get the games I liked as a kid. I'm going to play them. That's ridiculous. And now here I am. I'm three away, right? Two away, maybe one away, you know, who knows? And, and it's, he went through this, he did it so fast. And at the end he got stadium events and it really put him in a very weird mind space and he wound up selling it and most of everything that he had accrued. And then now I find out today 
we were talking about it because like you know he said if you're ever in the market for it let me know because the people i sold it to the person i sold it to may maybe be selling who knows you never know so he said no no they're not but he was like guess what i'm back into collecting games and he, he said but really all i'm doing is i'm i'm just buying the stuff i really love and wanted to play and he goes i would feel bad about buying all the filler titles to just throw in there it would just kind of muck it all up and i said yeah, I felt that same way until this guy told me I should just collect all of them. <laughs> so we had a good laugh about all that. But it is this weird mind space where I've never really, I mean, we have cars and we have this and we have that, but it, there's never been something in my life that I just like put in my bag and walked out of my space and been like, yeah, that's that's a $10,000 thing. It's really a weird place that I, I never thought I would actually be in. And And honestly, Looking back, my plan of how I wanted to do this is really kind of actually coming together because I was like, I'm going to exploit the graded game market to pull the real thing that I want out of it. I'm going to go and, 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 and take advantage, and not in a bad way. It sounds bad when you use the word exploit, but to say people yeah. want these super desirable things and they're what I believe at an inflated cost. I'm going to go find those things, sell them in that market, and then take that and my investment will be percentage points on what the actual dollar amount comes out. And then I can feel good about it's no different than spending $100 on a $300 game, right? It's it's that kind of thing where it's like my investment in that Mario or that Mario 2, $33. It cost me three times as much to grade them as it is for me to buy them, right? And that was two years ago. So if that thing comes back and I can sell it for two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, I'm going to do it. Because I'm like, I, right. my investment is $200. But the thing is, is I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you say that and you say, you know, I don't want to feel, I don't want to sound bad saying I'm exploiting it. But at the end of the day, no matter what it is, if you track it all the way back to when we were all kids oh, sure. and we collected stuff, whether it was comic books or baseball cards or action figures or video games, if you track it back to that, at the end of the day, that's what most people are doing with it. Is there, oh, you know, yeah. how many times did we sit around when we were kids? And John, I don't know if you were a big baseball or basketball or football fan, but nope. Um, South Bend, Indiana didn't care uh, one lick true. for football. But um, we had, I mean, just like when I was a kid growing up, is it was baseball cards. Like I love baseball cards. I'd buy tons of baseball cards, and my sole purpose was to open them and find that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card because I knew yep. it was worth a lot of money. And it's like if I could spend, you know, back then I think I was spending, you know, a buck fifty on a pack. If I could buy, you know, thirty dollars worth of packs and I break open a Kangaroo Junior, sweet, I'll go sell it and I'll buy me another another sixty, seventy packs. I did it at a card show Good. where I went and pulled the but Billy Ripken fuckface card but again, and then sold it what, at the show to go buy more of what I wanted. Yeah. And that I mean again at, at it, the end of the day, that's the point. And which variant though, with the white square, black square? No, mine was text? mine was the original that's, first run. All, like I, 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 I pulled that card out of that pack at a show, and I wish I still had it now because it's a great story. But ultimately, I, I wound up getting a ton of the things I wanted that day, and never looked back. You know what, what I mean? What year was that card in? Eighty nine. I, uh, I, I actually have that. I have a box of baseball cards with that card but i think it's one of the ones where they edited it out yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of number there's a number of edits of that card but yes the original was it just said fuck face on yeah. the knob and it was like i want to actually had two <laughs> you know like I how did that fuck slip face by? on the knob i'd have yeah. to look i'd have to look i'd have to Touché. go through all those cards i have but i think i still have a couple yeah well I'll well i it. thought i had the griffey jr upper deck card i'll, too, I'll so. take it and, so Sorry, to uh, Jay, fun tie-in, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. played for the Marlins. Uh, I don't know why I know much about uh, sports right now. 
uh, Nintendo had owned a portion of the Marlins up Mariners, until Mariners, Mariners, Mariners. I want to Seattle. say in the last five years. Yeah, Mariners, Sorry. Seattle. Yeah, because yeah, I actually – um, Sports. A little funny story with that. Uh, my friend Isaac used to be a game tester for Nintendo. Um, you mean the voice of Toad? End up getting a job with Nintendo. He was a game tester. I'd send him just Isaac games. Marshall is his name. And uh, he ended up becoming one of the producers for the Donkey Kong Country series. He was voices in... Um, uh, he did Idol and Killer Instinct and DJ Combo. He was the voice of oh. Toad in what? Uh, I don't remember. Anything. In a Mario game. Mario 64. Was it Mario 64? Yes. No. Yes. Was it? Look it up. I'll have to look. Promise you. But yeah, he just... And he used to get tickets to Mariners games all the time. Yeah, nice. Because they, which were... is the team that uh, Ken Griffey played for. That yep. is correct. Nice. So, yep. So that's where I'm at. I'm on the precipice of this whole thing that, like, I. It's weird too because I. You almost can't talk about it, right? Like, I. Mm-hmm. It, no matter if you start talking about it, it just seems like you're like waving your dick around, or you're doing this and you're doing that, and like, look, like the guy that has that gold world champion. Guy yeah, the guy, the guy that has the uh, gold Nintendo World Champions. It's a million dollars on eBay, and it's like, oh yeah, you're just you're just stroking off on eBay, dude. I actually, when I pulled up this yeah. uh, stadium events that came up, yeah, 1990 Nintendo World Champion, 1990 Nintendo World Champions gold cartridge, Wada 5.0. The guy has it listed for a million dollars. Yeah. best offer. I mean, if things keep going wow. the way they are, who knows? But. Um, it's just, it's, it's this thing where I can't even like, I want to get on our discord and, and be like, look, I have this game for sale or I'm chasing this thing, but it's like, it's a ridiculous premise where people just want to laugh it off and be like, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, why would you ever do that? And it's like, I've, I've been chasing it's, it's literally, I said it before, but this is literally like my white whale. It was the game I tried to find in the past. It's the game I tried to order in the past. You wouldn't, it never showed up. And now it's like. I'm going to go do my best to try and make it. Who, how long will I keep it? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's that thing where I go, if and when I actually get it, how am I going to feel? You know what I mean? Because like, I'll to bring that up. The guy who did the collection that sold it off because he went into this weird headspace was like, you know what? If I had to do it over again, I would just buy a PAL version. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but you bought it. That's easy for you to say. And I said, I'm right. I said, bud, I'm way too deep now. <laughs> okay. It's like yeah. in my head, it's, it's a, it's a possibility. So I can't turn back at this point. I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm waist deep in the shit. So, you know, yeah. And but if we've learned anything from books about white whales is you always catch them at the end. And that's what the whole story was about. Everything and not is, about 14th century whaling. Right. And everything winds up one. Okay. You know, Right. Exactly. So anyway, enough about uh, all that. Two two quick points. One uh, that I think is, is helpful is when people complain to me about how I collect. So if they say, oh, that's $150, no game's worth $150. You should just sell it for what it's worth. Uh, my comment to them is normally, hey, man, I bought up uh, 20 copies of Anticipation for nothing, uh, turned around and sold them after I cleaned them and, you know, whatever. And then that was enough money for me to be able to own this. So exactly, and that's exactly what 20, I've done. But you know, so. I sold, you know, a, a huge majority of what I do, put this together. It's not like I went and like saved this money and and ate ramen and and the kids starved and we had no heat. The life credit been, cards. Life has been normal. No, exactly. There's there's been no debt incurred in any of this at all. It's it's all it's all part of the collecting thing, and it's just one of those things that you either decide that you're going to try to do, or you're going to say, "I have the complete set except stadium events." And it's not even a and, to me. It's not a it's not a um, pissing contest. It's just what no. I, I want to do. 
So it's, it's your own story. And that's what I like about my collection is that yep. it's, it's me. It's the things that I want. And so that's not me chasing after the things other people want. Right. People do that and they're great at it. Uh, people, I would give a shout out, uh, eight Brit, eight bits of supremacy, Good uh, old John Bone seven. Yep. Like there's people that hit the ground. Like, uh, I've gotten text messages from, uh, Robbie, eight bit supremacy, uh, at like seven in the morning. He's like, yep, I'm lined up for this, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Like estate sale. Estate sale. Like, yeah. I saw the corner of a cowboy, yep, kid. the cowboy kid. I know that story. Yep. He was yeah. like, I, I, it's sitting there. You can tell it. You couldn't even tell, but I could tell just by the color and the hair or the hat, you knew it was cowboy kid. And he was in line waiting for it and was in, and, and grabbed it and got it for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Robbie's a good guy. That's a game YouTube uh, channel, by the way, is a, can you tell what this game is from a bad picture? I would love that game. Yeah, that's a good point. It, 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 well, I always thought it was like a uh, village person and you know impersonator game, well, but I'm no, I'm saying you create like a little game where it's like here's a box of Nintendo games, you know, a list all the ones you can tell. It's like oh, that yellow, oh, I know that. That's Donkey Kong Classics. That, you know that would kind of like how Matt and those orange. guys do the whole. Hey, what's this song, Mike? Whenever you're on their pod, yes, and they play a song, and then I'm supposed to name it. That you know that's a good idea. We should do that. We should. We should. You should we gotta quiz get the YouTube going. You should quiz me on that. I think I, I think yeah. I'd do pretty well because we were actually doing that. It's funny you mentioned Robbie. We were doing that where he's like, "What game is this?" And he said it was one of being hardball. I think I think he okay. probably sent it to you too or on Genesis. Sega? Yeah, but he was like, "What game is this?" Can you tell? And I'm like, "Ooh," and I couldn't. And I was like, "Is it this?" And I would go look because in my head I could see what it, like the label looked like. So if you put any of those 677 licensed games and probably a good chunk of the unlicensed games, although less so, I bet you if you gave me like a specific corner or part of it, I could tell you what it was. I probably could just because it's like, oh, well, that has the red that has the red line across the top. There's a little bit of green or this or that's this or you know what I mean whatever it yeah. is. It's just, it it is something that you have this like photographic memory. It's weird, but yeah, it's yeah. Robbie's a Robbie's a good dude. We might I might be seeing him in a few weeks, so we'll see. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Japanese kanji on the end of Famicom box games. I got all that memorized. <laughs> There's probably a good 500 Famicom games that i could you it's know crazy and there's how many it's, like 809 no like 1194 or something how many yeah it, it's it's over a thousand for famicom stuff yeah um i i honestly don't know uh i'm i'm over 600 and i think i'm only about 60 percent so yeah sounds yeah. right so awesome well hey man uh i think with that you know, we can we can probably wrap this up. It has been an absolute pr- pleasure to have you, and I always enjoy talking to you, as you are well aware. Um, Jay's shaking his head no. He's giving me the, like, no, cut him. <laughs> the Don't cut, no, never bring him back. Yeah. We're 10 minutes into this episode. Him the I'm hook. already calling to have him on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have him on for this episode. So, yeah, and, uh, is it, anything else you want to talk about you want to share before we uh, wrap it up for the evening? No, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Jay. It was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, you know, uh, I apologize for the long drawn out comments and I look forward to seeing how you edit all this together. <laughs> um, it's going to be a project, man. Oh, don't worry, John. He'll cut 90% of me out. You'll stay. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, and this is uh, uh, back to the community of the uh, retro game people. I do want to say how great of community it is. Um, I, I may have hit on this one too many times, but uh uh, the relationships that we've formed from these different individuals that collect the same games. I don't know their politics. I don't know their jobs. I don't know what they look like a lot of the time. And don't want to. And forth. No, and that, that's not a negative, but I don't want to. 
Right. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like we can exist in this world where we just have a similar interest and get along, right? Well, we're all punk rock kids. We all grew up as punk rock and kids. We are. And what did I we do when we were punk rock kids? Did we care about any of those things? No, we cared about whether you liked the Dead Kennedys or whether you liked Bad Religion. Is Descendants better than uh, all? What about, what about the uh, subhuman rats? Yeah. I mean, pressing vinyl for that. But I mean, but that's the thing is across the board. It was just things like that. And it was finding out what cool things your buddies that you met in, in the scene had. And there was no, no judgment, right? The Pixies no. are an example of that, too, where it's like, what the hell is Black Francis singing about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, or fine. Kim Deal. He's just a nerd. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, man, there was one other thing I wanted to add, but I, I really shouldn't draw this on. You're fine. Do whatever. I'm, I got all night. Um, Jay said he stayed till 2 or 3 in the morning. I will. No, that, sorry. Uh, go ahead and finish up some thoughts, and I'll, I'll bring it back. Let me... Try no, to think about it. That, that was it, man. Um, you know, like okay. I said, it's been a it's been a real pleasure having you, and I look forward to doing it again. Now that we've got all the, I was really excited to see how this would work, and I really feel mm. like it works really well. It so does. It works really well. It's pretty cool. I can I can mute Jay whenever I want, just like this. So like now Jay can't talk. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you can. I can hear him. Yeah. See, that's why I have to mute him because he screams stuff like that's you know derogatory. Anyway, nice. Dick. He's back. There. He, hey, there he is. So yeah. Nice. If there's nothing else, then Jay, you want to tell them where the people can find us? Well, we'll give John one last one. John, do you want to plug anything? I mean, I know you probably have more followers than we have listeners, but no. He uh, did you want to like well, call out your uh, your your Instagram, uh, so Facebook? Gaming Classic is going to be this fall, hopefully. November fifth. I, I can't remember the actual fifth. date, but yeah, I'll be there. You go to my Instagram account. There's a link to where you can get tickets. Uh, great group of people. There's going to be a uh, museum group setup where uh, my Famicom station or box will be there, depending on what the cleaning regimen is, because the Famicom station controllers are very rare, and I do not want them constantly wiped down with uh, cleaning solutions. Yeah. Everybody go get vaccinated now. I'm not a scientist, although uh, I do have a strong background in science, so don't listen to me about anything, but yeah, get vaccinated. Um, but anyway, back to the actual thing. Uh, <laughs> Edit. Gaming Classic. There's going to be like a great museum set up where you can play through Famicom disc games, maybe a 64DD, unless I sell it. Um, <laughs> uh, Famicom box. So at the Midwest Gaming Classic, they're going to have essentially uh, four TVs where we can all play four swords at once. Um, it's going to be a great thing. The museum group there is a bunch of hardworking, intelligent individuals. There's a bunch of PC setups, a bunch of arcade setups. There's going to be a bunch of, I'm going to bring whatever Japanese stuff I can. Cool. Um, but it'll be a good time. I'll be there. I'm, I'm planning on nice. being there the whole weekend. I was planning on going last year, and I was actually planning on buying a whole bunch of the games for my collection, <laughs> and then it got canceled. But it worked out. Like I said, I found the guy locally that was about an hour away that you saw the pictures of all that stuff, that you know, including the one I got from, from uh, my friend there. But Great. But yeah. I did remember the other thing I was going to say sure. real quick. When you get stadium events, and uh, Power Blade 2. What you should do is move into all the weird unlicensed stuff. Uh, that's what some of the, uh, like, uh, Wafflefoot <laughs> on Instagram does. He's all into the Ascension games. You're going to uh, make me buy the Panesian games. You're going to make me buy all that. I know that's, listen. He's going to Once it. this is done. He's going to do Okay, it. I'm not done. Right, that's that's the next logical step. Yep. It was either that or the turbo set. I thought about doing the turbo set, like because I have I got about a third of it already. Oh. It's not an, it's not a it's not a big one for the U.S. 
But yeah, at some point, hot, you know, bubble bath babes and hot slots and and that's yeah, that'll that'll probably. Be, I can't get there yet. I can't think about that. I have Tengen Tetris. The, I've got Action Fifty Two, which just skyrocketed in price. Thankfully, I have it. But yes, that's 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 probably what will happen. But there's weird stuff that people really haven't documented that people don't think is part of the set. Uh, Wafflefoot's a good person to follow. Check He's it got out. a bunch of that weird stuff. Okay. NES Tunes. Uh, let me make sure his name. But... NES Tunes? No, nah, let, me, let me get his actual name. So, yeah, NES Tunes Music is a guy out of Germany. I met him recently. He's got the uh, Hong Kong Mahjong. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I legitimately, I like, I thought he just, you know, oh, here's a picture of something. No, it's it's legit. Uh, that man is a hardworking, crazy individual. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so you can you can go down the route. My favorite is Hess Mind Blower Pack, which includes math quiz. It sounds amazing. So, it is, yeah. Definitely pick it up. I now that I've said it here, it's going to like blow up price wise. So get your oh copy yeah yeah now. no absolutely lock it in now, folks. It comes. And the Hess games are great because they come in those like uh, Disney style blister like yep. cases. Yep. And they just look like really great like educational v- uh, VHSs. Yep. It's amazing. Which I have plenty of here at the office too. <laughs> Dude, I just pulled up <laughs> this Nestoons guy. Yeah. He is making a toaster Nintendo. A Nin toaster, he says. That was the that's from the Angry <laughs> Video Game Nerd. That's amazing. So the Angry Video Game Nerd had one of those. In fact, one of the yeah. shows I was at here a couple of years ago, one of the guys was like, you work on electronics. Could you build me one of those? And I'm like, I probably could. It's not that hard. Like it really isn't. You just have to have a toaster that you don't want. <laughs> like it's not, it shouldn't be that difficult. So, um, that's funny. All right. That's funny. The, the problem is getting it to not overheat. Yes. Because it is all, you know, you know, it's, it's a coils. toaster. It's all the coils. I think you can remove those. He's got to watch out. In Germany, it's two forty volts. Oh yeah, that's way that's way more volts. It's twice as many volts. What are they doing with all that voltage over there? All right, uh, so, you got to be careful. You take your hair dryers or your shaver over there. Uh, it's gonna fry. Oh yeah, I know. I, I've seen their weird ass plugs. So I'm well aware. <laughs> if, um, they're, they're, if I if the retro game enthusiast says pedantic as I am, if I start talking about European vacations, I feel like it's probably time to... It's probably time to have Jay wrap us up. (laughs) Not that I'm not enjoying all this, but Jay, where can the people find us? Well, The uh, the people that are listening to us now, where can they they find us to listen to us? Well, I'll give everybody, uh, before we move into our stuff, I'll give them John. So John's is on Instagram at Retro Game Enthusiast. That is correct. So we have that. So John, thank you again for being on. Our contacts are going to be social media, uh, Lost Joystick at Instagram or Twitter. Instagram's, of course, our best option to get a hold of us. Posted there today. Yes. Um, our Facebook and Twitch is Lost Joystick Network. Um, again, Instagram's the best option. Uh, I feel like I'm going to post a picture of the old. The oh, we're going to post. We're going to have the silver is going to have to get posted. We're going to we're going to get uh, on this. I think I'm taking over the Instagram page. Okay, cool. Okay, um, email address info at lostjoystick.network.com. And if you send us an email that says Michael, the 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 subject or or body of the email says, "Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell." You can get a a game from my personal collection of my choice. Jay has offered to put something in as well, 
and a $25 gift card to Retro Replayed in Bird, Michigan. Oh, yeah, I forgot he added that on <laughs> yep, there. Kyle so, Kyle so graciously. I wonder said if that's would, redeemable online. So, anybody I, in the nation I would can absolutely get that. facilitate a purchase for anybody that was interested. <laughs> So that or yeah, and we can Jay, just and, make and, the purchase. And and uh and John's roasted Famicom box. Yes. So No, you um, don't get that. You don't get that no, part. No, you don't Oof. get that. So sorry, we love you. But uh <laughs> and we will give a little uh sneak preview for our next episode. Yeah, which so is the, gonna be the uh the one and only Lords of Thunder on the that Sega C D. That is correct. The Sons of Thunder. Lords. I know. No it's, sons. It's an airheads joke. Lords. Yes, I don't the, want your airheads joke. We've, I just, ma- we've made it for the last five hours. With naked pictures of B. Arthur. Nice. Sorry. Done. No, so. I uh, I exposed Jay to the soundtrack of Lords of Thunder on Sega CD, and he was like, we have to do this game next. <laughs> because it's amazing. Yes. It looks like the music that would go along with Kickmaster. <laughs> yes. Is what it looks like. It's an, I don't know if you ever played the game before, John, but, man, that is a, it's a shred fest, man. It'll melt your face off. Uh, it's great. The Rockettes are my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think it is time to say, go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other. Thanks, gents. Bye. Bye.